Hold on now. I don't want this homemade. I want Dapper Dan. I don't care, Dapper Dan. I care Fop. Well, I don't want Fop, goddammit. I'm a Dapper Dan man. Watch your language, young fella. This is a public market. Now, if you want Dapper Dan, I can order it for you. Have it in a couple of weeks. Well, ain't this place a geographical oddity? Two weeks from everywhere. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinated with Films. Brand freaking new. Brand <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I'm here with uh, Justin and Dave. Yo. Uh, was our last episode? Last episode was the year in review. Yeah. 2018 is that was officially in the can and uh, we have started 2019. That's and, right. Uh, it's been interesting. It was that was yeah. a good pod. It went a lot longer than I thought it would. Yeah, when you're reviewing year movies like that and you have a lot to talk about, I knew it was going to run a, a little long. It was fun so though. It was really good. Yeah. I liked that one a lot. So hopefully, it everyone made me realize it out. I didn't watch as many movies as I probably should have. Last yeah, year. but it also gives you a guide of stuff you should watch. Like since that pod, I've watched. Uh, um, Super Troopers too, and not only have oh, I watched yeah. it, I bought it. Yeah, oh nice. Uh, so I'm one of the suckers that uh, took our advice. <laughs> and I loved it too. But it was so funny. But uh, Danny to, be with, to be honest with you, once you sent that clip, I knew that night I was going to buy it on Redbox yeah, because yeah. it was probably the funniest clip I've ever seen. Maybe. <laughs> oh god! Everyone out there, if you're listening, pull up Super Troopers two Danny DeVito scene. <laughs> and my god, if I almost didn't fall out of here laughing, you know my biggest, my favorite superhero villain, <laughs> yeah. yeah. the Penguin. The, the, That's Danny DeVito. That's the guy. <laughs> just how angry that guy got I know, right? just made that whole scene for me. Oh, that's good. And stuff. I love Will Sasso, and I didn't know Will Sasso was in it, yeah. or Tyler Labine from uh, Tuck and Dale. Yeah. Versus evil. Yeah, he's great. And he's so funny too. But also we <laughs> what the only thing that sucked about the uh the year in review pod is that we didn't get to uh review a great movie that we saw since then or diss a horrible movie <laughs> that we've seen since then. And uh for me and Dave, me and Dave went and saw the movie Vice. Yeah. Which was really phenomenal. It, it looks incredible. That was way funnier than I would have imagined yeah. it was going to I be. I think you said that you like turned to me and was like, man, it was a lot funnier than I thought. Really? Uh, well, I thought the big it was short guy be... and I know the big short had a lot of comedy in it too. Uh-huh. But if you don't laugh, you would just be angry at the screen the whole right, time. Right, yeah. It's true, though. That because. And it wasn't just subtle comedy, like, oh, he said a, subtle, uh, a funny line. There were literally scenes that were filmed odd, uh, like the scene that Diego with Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina. The Alfred Molina scene, and then that in the middle of the movie. We won't give oh. any spoilers here, <laughs> but in the middle of the movie, they did some weird thing where it sounded like, the uh, or it looked like the credits were rolling. They did they, roll they, the credits. Actually, they did. <laughs> I mean, it, it, so what it was, it, is it was like showing, it was showing um, Dick Cheney and his wife with their grandkids and dogs running around, really happy scene, uh-huh. and they're like... And they were pulling back with the They were pulling back, and then they scrolled some words. It's like... You know the the peaceful end to, to the conflict, and everybody was happy, and the economy was doing great. Yeah. And the Cheneys retired onto a farm in in Virginia yeah. and raised champion uh, 
like white riders yeah. and like then the it's scrolling and the lady next to us yeah was like getting her shit together i was like Dude, it really was like do you it was remember cl- this? it was clear to me that it was. i mean first of all it was only an hour and 10 minutes into the yeah. movie and second oh. of all the dialogue you know was not true right <laughs> yeah, yeah. like none of that happened ladies that I mean, what you remember yeah she might one of the that things that said he, he won it. like the nobel yeah prize he won the like, nobel prize peace prize or oh something. my god that's kind of what they started off with i was like yeah this isn't real but yeah. they kind of prepped us they had a couple scenes before that were very strange and uh, they had one it was, scene. It was weird. They man. had one scene. You jumped funny. pretty. Oh, you jumped pretty hard. The, uh, for the farthest I've jumped out of a seat in the movie theater. Really? And so long happened in this movie. Just sudden, suddenly, out of nowhere, something happens. Last quarter of the movie. Uh-huh. And, Think uh, Final Destination style. Yeah, oh yeah. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't expect. It. I did and not I, see that coming. Yeah, and I must have jumped. <laughs> I saw it coming like a, a second, second and yeah. a half ahead because. I, I, I put together the narrative they were talking about, and yeah. I was like, wait a minute, that's not right. Yeah. I didn't even know about that narrative, so it, I totally had no clue. No. <laughs> he was such a motherfucker. Oh, well, What I'm I didn't sure. realize is how uneducated he was. Yeah. I didn't realize, I thought he was one of the cronies that, you know, went to Yale. Yeah. And then he got was kind of a doctorate. meathead, you know? He was a super meathead. He mm. just had the right friends and yep. took advantage of the right situations at the right time yeah. and knew where all the bodies were buried and just... I guess that's what politics is, just working yeah. your way up the chain. And yeah, he was yes, a king, that's all master it is. manipulator. Yeah. So that would have been the name of the movie I would have put oh. up there, the master manipulator. And it, yeah. it was an angry... It, good thing the humor was there, because if it wasn't, you would yeah. just be yelling at the screen half the time, mm-hmm. which some people... You heard a lot of grunts and groans. Yeah. like It's like the, the scene after... Uh, after he shot the guy. Oh, yeah. Which everyone, I, I everyone really obviously knows about that scene. Yeah, too. I really still want to see yeah. that scene, though. Like, what a, he was such a But dick. the guy coming on the going on the news conference to apologize to Dick Cheney and his family for putting for, them sorry, through yeah. all the, the problems I'm that I've caused. That I was Dude, shot. he shot you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not your job to apologize. But that just goes to show you, and I haven't seen the movie, but that just goes to show you who the fuck oh, Dick yeah. Cheney I mean, that's gangster right there. Like, yeah. real gangster yeah. shit. You oh, shoot yeah. somebody and they apologize. I'm so yeah. sorry. I'm sorry I got... No yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, Mr. Capone. Fuck, I did not yeah, do, do not step on the wrong line <laughs> with that motherfucker because you will and disappear. They, I'm telling you, I Sunday is the Golden Globes when we're recording this. So when this comes out, the Golden Globes will already happened. Mm-hmm. And if Christian Bale has not won the Golden Globes, if you're listening to this, Paul is pissed off. <laughs> Christian Bale should win the award. He this. was great. You did not know who, you didn't even recognize him when he was when on When I screen. saw the trailer, I didn't know it was him nope. until the end of the trailer when I just, you, you can look in his eyes yeah. and his eyes give it away. But yeah. like the rest of his face is like, he transformed Stephen Carell was Stephen Carell great. was good, but and so wasn't Sam Rockwell, man. Yeah, Sam he, Rockwell. and he, he played, played George W. Bush. He played right? Bush, and what I hadn't realized, and I, knew, I mean, I kind of knew it, and everybody knows it. Bush was just kind of a puppet. Like, the president usually is him, especially. Uh, I don't know about Trump. Get somebody really I don't smart. see. I, yeah. Yeah. Trump is definitely not oh, a yeah, puppet. He's yeah. King. Trump. God, he's it owns King everything he does. Yeah. He might as well be a dictator. Yeah, yeah. and everybody he's trying to be. He's, he would love to be. Yeah. I mean, the people who put him in there were hoping he was a puppet. <laughs> he's and it would side with their not. advice. I'm sure that's how he sold it to him because he's but a big business. George guy, Bush was, he yeah. was like, oh yeah, he would have gone anyway just to be part of He would have done anything Cheney told him to do. Anything. Well, anything. I, I, and he did. <laughs> I really like, and again, I haven't seen it, but I know in the trailer there's a scene where I think he's trying to get Dick Cheney to run with him or yeah, something. And he's wearing like a flannel food, and yeah. he's got, and he's even got like brown hair. Yeah. But like, 
the way he's portraying Bush, he looks like Bush. He does. Yeah. It, it takes a while. It takes a while. It takes a while in the like movie. Bush. When you first see him, he doesn't look like. Yeah, him. when you first see him, all you see is Sam Rockwell. Right. But gradually, and the his voice, the way he does it, is very well done. Fool me twice, but can't I, get fooled again. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I didn't realize is the only reason Cheney decided to run is because he had some lawyers that went on to actually be on the Supreme Court. One, I forget what Scalia. What, Scalia, mm-hmm. tell him that he found a loophole. Which would grant the president the power, unitary power to like sidestep a lot of laws. Mm -hmm. Like they could make presidential, a lot of what Trump does now, he sidesteps Congress. Patriot Act, and everyone knew about it. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like, so if you knew the president had absolute power and you knew the president was a puff, cream puff, yeah. you could step in and make all the rules. He didn't, for a lot long there, he did not want to be vice president. No, he uh, didn't want to he, at all. He his told wife, his wife he his was, wife was be, pissed. Yeah, when, uh, Amy Adams really? played brilliantly. And I didn't realize how many oh, heart attacks. I didn't realize how many heart attacks he had. Oh, and he had was, him nonchalantly. He'd be standing like during the election party. night. Or they had a party. Yeah, yeah, he's in the party and he's like, I gotta go to the hospital. He's like, yeah, I hate, knew what was like I hate to ruin the festivities yeah. and everything, but uh, I'm having another heart attack. Jesus. <laughs> and they just did. Every time I watched Amy Adams in it, she reminded me of Hillary Clinton. So it would be amazing to me if Amy Adams does not play Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. in a future movie. Because oh, well. uh, I don't know, maybe Cheney's wife looked like Hillary Clinton, but that's all I was seeing when I saw Amy Adams in this movie. Mm. She was she's fabulous in everything, and you forget how often she is in movies with Christian Bale. You know, because they were yeah. in American Hustle together, mm-hmm. and uh, they were there's, great. There's another movie great. they were in together too. Oh, The Fighter. They were in The Fighter together. Oh, I want to see that so bad now. Oh, you've never seen The Fighter? Oh, no, that's right. We talked about that. The big award yeah, one. You got to see it. I'll, awesome. And I'll tell you, man. I uh, I, since I that, think I own it. I'll let you borrow it. Awesome. Yeah. I, I really. I, do you know if they talk about Arturo Gatti in that movie? He, they might show him fight him. I God, just don't dude, even because I, I, I want to write a movie and name it Thunder and make it Arturo Gatti's yeah. perspective to the two of them meeting. That would be so fucking awesome. Yeah, you're probably Do seeing it. it from the flip point. Like you probably to. would rather see the, what, the fighter from the other point of view. Yeah, uh, but it's still no. Well, fun. yeah, no. Mickey Ward it's was still like great. David O. Russell. So it's, uh, I mean, he's an asshole, but he puts out good movies. Yeah, uh, <laughs> People, so talk about some bad movies here. Though. Oh, the movie you man. saw. So uh, now it would not have made our year interview. No, no, no. I still think we need to. I don't think we should limit it to a year. I think we should have a pod where we just talk about movies we hated. No, yeah, absolute garbage. We could do that. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't Uh, seen this movie, so I can't. Yeah, well, and and, no, it would be personal when we do the garbage one. Truth be told, about this one, you know, I I have to encourage people to go and see it for their own and form uh, their own opinion. Kevin Smith loved it. Yeah, about a half hour review where he talked in front of the camera and gushed over it. But he was a DC guy, right? And he doesn't mind that cheese and right. He's Um, he's thrilled when he just sees a character that he never have seen in a movie before, right? Like the Mantis. He's like, oh my god, it's a badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. So. Uh, Aquaman. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I ruined it with Man. Yeah, that's okay. Not that anyone would be able to put that together. Yeah, but it just it just didn't do it for me, man. It was like it sounds like DC to me, and, and that's what it was. It was like <laughs> you should mention how much of a Marvel fan you are. Oh yeah, too. absolutely. It's like yeah, one of your yeah, favorite yeah. things. Absolutely, I've seen them all multiple times. Can't wait for the new ones to come out. You know, but I 
I really wanted to like this movie, I like from love the trailer, every DC movie that comes out. right from the trailer and everything. Um, you know, the first trailer was eh, the second trailer was like, okay, this might be actually pretty good. You know, <laughs> if only there was a formula out there that I DC people like, could watch and say, how do we make a successful superhero? Movie? Yeah, too bad there isn't that formula right. out there. And and I'll tell you like this: <laughs> what, do you guys not allow your people to watch Marvel movies? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck those guys! No one watches. Yeah. Them. So I mean, I'll tell you like this: the movie movie started to take a bad turn for me when <laughs> With the, the credits credit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no um so there's a portion of like aquaman as a child and, and it's beyond that point when, that when when aquaman himself shows up on the submarine which is in the in the trailer yeah. um you yeah, know yeah. and he's gonna fight uh, they seem the, to show a lot of clips from the trailer right so. and that's where uh Manta Ray or whatever. Mantis. Yeah, Mantis. Yeah. That's where they meet up for the first time. So Arguably, I hear he is the best thing about it. Oh, just yeah. Just because he's, I think he's like faceless and he just wears that mask for most of it, right? Um, well, Who the, plays him? Is it someone famous? I don't know the guy's yeah. name. I can look it that's up. Right. But um, but I have to say the, the suit by the end of the movie of his is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Like, um, what is it? The, the guy's name is like Dead Mouse or something like that. The the, the DJ that wears <laughs> yeah, the yeah, giant... Yeah. Later Mouse? Is that what it is? Uh, Dead, oh, I know what you're talking about. Dead Mouse. Dead Mouse. Yeah, yeah, and he always wears the giant yeah, hat. Yeah, like, that's yeah. basically what he looks like at the end, you know? Um, sorry to spoil that, but it's going to not... You're, you're not going to be impressed. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so, like, in the very beginning when he gets onto that sub and it's the first time you see Aquaman, there's two, like, you know, random guys who you know are about to get their ass kicked. Um, you know, and Aquaman jumps onto the sub and it shows his face and behind it, you know, behind in the music, there's like this dun dun. And the first time they do it, I'm like, oh shit, this could be pretty fucking cool. So then those two guys say something like, hey, what's going on? You know, and he says something cheesy and it goes dun dun. The, the one liners I can They do say. that like four times in a row. Ugh. And at that point, I was like, okay, so this is the type of movie this is going to be. It's so and stupid. I remember us. I saw the trailer originally, and I was like, "This looks like a huge piece of shit." Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they came out with another trailer. They altered it because because people said kept that. saying this is going to be a huge piece of shit. Right. And then they came out with another trailer, and I was like, "Well, wait a minute." Well, they left the cheese out. That's what it did. They added a lot more action and everything, and it looked the like cast, it had a lot more depth to it. The but cast was great. The you know, I don't know, man. I am not sold on Jason Momoa, man. I he is not a fabulous actor to me. He, he has did not a, proven himself as a great actor, at least. I think he did a good job playing Aquaman. I, like, I I'll give they, him that. It's not, it's not the, the problem acting. is I think I could probably and this is always distinguishes to me who's a good actor or not I could I could pick ten people who I think would be better at that role sure than him. sure but yeah. he's probably he's not an actor I mean he's he's a movie he star. is he is I just don't think he's done some great stuff I think he's got some good comedy chops if you saw him on Saturday Night Live oh he, yeah he was funny yeah I think that's where he needs to go next is do some comedies and mm. stuff like that and I think he probably has he's probably done more than I thought but, but he needs to take on the Rocky other hand to take him under his wing and yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but on the other hand and Kelly thought it was great. Yeah. You know, Kelly, when we walked out, she said to me, like, oh, my gosh, that was terrific. Didn't you like that? And I had to, like, pause for a second and be like, no, it wasn't very good. <clears throat> it, I mean, you there know? is a there is a world where DC can strip the cheese but still be funny and take the movie super serious. Yeah. If, <laughs> have you guys, I I mean, they did it. The, the, the Christopher Nolan, the, the Christopher yeah. Nolan movies, all the three Knight. of them mm -hmm. uh, had... Uh, Dark Knight was one of the best movies ever made. I yeah. mean, it should be on everyone's top 100 list, I think. The oh, Dark yeah. Knight's so great. And 
if you just followed your own formula in that movie, take it super serious. Yeah. The problem is that they're they're thinking, oh, it's underground, it's underwater, and everything. How serious can we take it? Maybe we'll just poke fun of it. Since I know we're not going to be talking about superheroes anymore after this, have you heard about? Yeah. <laughs> um, have you heard about the new uh, Spawn reboot that they're going to yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, I, I saw it with I, uh, Jamie Fox. Oh, yeah. that's right. I, I tagged you in that's it. Right. Um, I had heard about it months ago when it, when because I follow McFarlane on uh, Twitter uh-huh. and he's been toting this for a long time and, and he's he like this is not going to be a happy movie yep. this is going to be he's dark he's an evil his, motherfucker yeah. anyways so it's well, going to be dark that cartoon one that's what he's basing yeah. it on yeah was kind of dark so great. Yeah. yeah but he was he was chasing down predators and uh, hanging them up and uh, disemboweling people and it was I love that uh, HBO sponsor. Yeah, so it's going to be And they better different. do a really great job with the detectives because... And the uh, clown character. Yeah. The clown was great, but for me, those two detectives, John Tweak, it was Tweak <laughs> and uh, Stitch and Tweak or something like that. I can't remember the two detectives' Lilo names. and Stitch. Yeah, it was one big <laughs> fat guy and then the really skinny smart guy yeah. with the glasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, were always one of my favorite things when Spawn, when they were trying to figure out what was going on. And then Angela, who was the Spawn killer, came down. Man, it's a good... It, it deserves a really good movie. Yeah, no, I think they're going to do it right. But, and I've made this... Uh, Whatever happened to that uh, New Mutants movie? Remember we saw the trailer for that and it was like super horror? And I was like, wow, they're going to make an X-Men horror movie. I do remember you mentioning and, uh, that. Yeah. The trailer was great, but I don't know where the hell that movie went. Huh. Uh, so it Maybe must they be still, it. Uh, no, they, it's, it was all made. I think they were re They made too much and money and they have to put it on the shelf. Yeah. Like how now, I'm, sure they, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it has a release date in 2019, but I was really thrilled with that because they've crossed genres. And horror seems like a perfect genre to cross superhero movies with, with the right movie. Oh, yeah. There is never more of a right movie than Spawn. Oh yeah, to go dude. horror. It's literally he goes to hell, makes a deal with the devil to come back, yeah. and kind of do his thing just so he can be with Wanda again. I mean, I love Spawn. I'll talk about that. All yeah, uh, except that horrible Lacazama movie. So yeah, so y'all's <laughs> will probably have an Oscar. Mine will not be an Oscar. But today we're talking about some people who I'm pretty sure have won quite a few. Yes, nominated for sure. Won a whole bunch also. And uh, this is our fourth or fifth director's pod and uh today we're going to be talking about the coen brothers all right that was a weak segment segue but hey it worked right (laughs) i think they would think completely different you started with our awards we like it yeah (laughs) (laughs) the coen brothers i don't know about you two but the coen brothers ever since i saw my first coen brothers movie and looking at this list my first coen brothers movie was probably raising arizona or uh Martin Fink or Miller's Crossing. One of those three, I think, was my first. It wasn't Blood Simple. I had to go back and watch that. But ever since I was, I watched them, and you really could pick it. We got 12 movies here. Not all their movies, but the majority of ones everyone would love uh, when you think Coen Brothers. Uh, and immediately when you anyone watches their first Coen Brothers movie, their thought has to be like, this is unique. Oh, yeah. Because they're like one of the two most unique uh, directors out there. Oh yeah, and they put weird stuff in their films, and they have great dialogue and just crazy situations. I one thing I I really like about their stuff is that the style of the movie is complicated, but at the same time the storyline mm-hmm. is simple. 
Yeah. You know, so you have all these different Sometimes. things. Sometimes. There, there, are, there well, are a couple here that are like, whoa, what the hell's going on? Yeah, and that's, <laughs> you know, um, but like... Martin Fink being one of them. Yeah, see, I, I haven't seen that yeah. one. But like, you know, and since we're just kind of naming a couple on here and yeah, we don't yeah. have to go into it, but like Fargo, you yeah. know what I mean? That's a very complex movie, yeah. but at the same time, yeah, the storyline... And, and it's pretty simple what's happening there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the time it's how they tell the story. Right, too. exactly, they, they, yeah. They take that Quentin Tarantino style where exactly. they tell the narrative is all broken up, which... Mm-hmm. As a film goer, I appreciate that. I know a lot of film goers just want their shit just straight, straight, straight up there. Yeah. But I like having to be a part of it, yeah. you know, and pay yeah. attention. Not, maybe not as much as Memento uh, all yeah, the time, absolutely. yeah. But certainly uh, the Coens. I bet they're a fan of Shakespeare because they have a very true. I, I agree with that tragic hmm. element to a lot of their films, and all, I, all his shit's tragic. And it's usually yeah, all his shit's tragic. Everybody dies in the end. <laughs> <laughs> but it's usually there's like. There is an antagonist, a protagonist, like every other movie, but there's a moment where the main character has a choice to make, mm. and a lot of times their movies highlight the poor choices yeah. that the characters make oh, yeah. right. and the spiraling consequences that come. That yeah, come from well. That's it's interesting you make the the shapes. Spear thing because in a lot of their movies the most interesting characters are those kind of mid characters the who are basically like the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern yeah, type the, characters the people they're, along they're the, the way that are moving that, the story along and they're in they're bouncing like we'll go into more of the details of some of the other ones but there's you're right all the little ancillary characters are the ones that really yeah make the right and there's like and then they they're not afraid to put stuff in their movies that you're like why is this in here and then it's over. And, <laughs> Every one of them has a unique look too, and a lot of that is because of uh, Roger Deakins. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, top-notch cinematographer. Yeah, he's one of the best out there. I think for my money, him and Dean Cundey are probably my favorites. Dean Cundey did a lot of John Carpenter stuff, and then from John Carpenter went to do Jurassic Park. So yep. he just took that huge leap working with Spielberg, and I know he's done several Spielberg pictures. But Roger Deakins has done a lot of people's stuff, but not as much as the Coens. I I want to say we got twelve movies on here, and seven or eight of them. Seven or eight of them are, are Roger Deakins, and they always have this great look. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more of the look when we get to uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, because that yeah, was probably that, was that and uh, that and the Man Who Wasn't There was probably yeah. his two best stylized looks. A lot of his stuff doesn't. Uh, a lot of the Coen stuff doesn't necessarily call for it true grit did mm-hmm. i think he won the oscar for that that might have been the one he won the oscar that was the, for. one of those ones where he should have won the oscar already but we'll yeah give it, we'll give it to yeah. him yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. no roger deakins gets nominated a lot and he does not get a lot of freaking uh love out there and it makes absolutely no sense because yeah he is he is like an artist out there doing his stuff where <laughs> there aren't a lot of artists and i still like get. having done cinematography you know, both yeah, of you us. Can both of that. us have done in cinematography, and and we've probably looked at them, yeah. at him especially, just to see, you know, okay, what's his the frame ups yeah. and the colorization, and that's why it's good that he works with the Coens repeatedly because after a while. And I've heard people talk about working with them, and it was similar with working with us because we were basically almost uh, co-directing it a lot of times anyways. And that's how the Coens were doing it. Uh, and uh, talking to one, you're like talking to the other. Yeah. Right. How's, yeah. that look? How's that look? What do you want to do? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. let's see this. Yeah. That's be good. Yeah. And, and, we, it, and it, it must be interesting because they get along. I imagine they get along pretty good. 
be able oh, to yeah, yeah, yeah. pump oh, yeah. out the movies. And we got along pretty good. And those who don't know, uh, Francis McDermott, who was uh, one of the actors in probably five or six of the Coen Brothers movies, is actually married to Ethan Coen. Right. And, Nepotism. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at least she's good, though. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah, really good. for sure. And she's won two Oscars herself. And, uh, and along with Roger Deakins doing repeat pictures, there's certain actors on here that are make several repeat appearances. John Jenkins. Goodman being a big one. John yeah. Goodman's Richard done like Jenkins. four or five. Richard Jenkins works with them a lot. Uh, who else could I pick out here? That, Clooney's done um, a couple. J.K. Simmons has done a few together. Buscemi's done uh, a couple, hasn't he? Buscemi's done several, I yeah. think. Yeah, even, guy, even small ones. The guy done. from The Man Who Wasn't There that was selling the dry cleaning... Oh, Joe Paluto. Joe yeah. Paluto's in oh, a bunch. Oh, yeah, he's in like, he, he's almost so good, all man. of them. Yeah. Uh, you'll see him. And it must be comforting for both of them. One, the Coens, when they're writing it, yeah. they're like, this is who we're writing right. it for. Yeah. This is his strengths. Yeah. This is what we know we're, we're going to get from him because we wrote it for him. Right. And it's a unique enough type of comedy that uh, a lot of people might read it and not get what they're talking about or how they yeah. want that delivery to come to because it is a very unique thing. I mean, you watch. I mean, their comedies, most of them aren't ha-ha funny, but they're just, they're funny. The situations They're situationally are funny, funny. But the right. characters but play the, them super serious. Yeah, and super, like, a lot of it's fucked up, but you're laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Raising Arizona, you, I mean, it's a, it's a movie about child kidnapping. Go back in there, you get me a baby. Hat. Yeah, I know. I mean, these people don't assume they're stupid or funny, yeah. but the, the viewers watching it certainly. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah absolutely. <laughs> So I think what we should do, and we've done this for a couple of pods before when we've had this set list, it's a little different when we each have picked our uh, our five, but on this we got 12, and I'd say we just pass this uh, this paper around the uh, table with this pen, and you can pick whatever mo- Coen Brothers movie you want to talk about, and we'll get on into it. All right, sounds good. Got Justin? Uh, let's see. Let's start off with a, with a fun one. Let's go with the Lady Killers. Uh, love the Lady Killers, yeah. man. Easiest thing in the world. This was yeah. the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Underground. <laughs> That's my favorite line. What a weird ass movie, man. It is very weird. And you almost, if you didn't know better, you would almost not know it was a Coen Brothers film. Yeah. If you weren't immersed in their universe. Like, we enough. take it for granted that we are like film fanatics yeah. too, that we know, we always we know the director. And there are young people watch movies. <laughs> how many people watch movies and they could give two shits about who the director is yeah. or right. have no yeah. clue who they yeah. are? Yeah. Maybe when Spielberg. Does I do stuff, take that for granted sometimes. Oh I'll yeah. Tell people I was like, oh, you got to see this new movie. It's by so Roger Deakins was the cinematographer. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck? You yeah. <laughs> what do I care who the cinematographer? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, a hell of a cast in this one. Oh, you got so good. Tom Hanks, Marlon Wayans, J.K. Simmons, uh, Ryan Hurst is Lump. Um, <laughs> Lump. Yeah, Lump Zima is, so is the oh, general. I, I love that guy. That's the guy from Quiet American. <laughs> so with Michael Caine. Have you seen? So good. You know that movie that just came out recently called Crazy Rich Asians? Yeah, yeah. I so, have seen it. No, 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 oh, no, yeah. no. This is just a similar story. So there's that. There's that uh, female actress, and her name is Aquafina. Oh, there's a girl named Aquafina. Yes, wow. and she's uh, like a, Al Pacino, right? Yeah, like Al Pacino. <laughs> um, Booty sweat. So when I when I saw the Lady Killers, which I just saw for the first time recently, I saw that the name Z Ma was mm-hmm. on the cast list, you know, and I thought like because this was made a while back. What was this? Uh, Two thousand four. And I think Zima might have actually been like popular around that time. And I was like, oh, no, no. please don't tell me somebody <laughs> named themselves Zima. Like that lady <laughs> named herself Aquafina. Like, 
But uh, no, it just turns out that's his name is C Ma. <laughs> he's a good, great actor. Yeah, dude. really good. Uh, Stephen Root is in this one. I love Stephen, Stephen Root. Root man. He's a, he's another Cohen. Yeah, guy. He, yeah. Oh, he is definitely a Cohen guy. He yeah, he played the guy who ran the uh, the gambling boat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, George Wallace was the sheriff. George Wallace, man, so funny. So yeah, yeah why don't you tell us? Because this is, I think a lot of people have seen this because you would not believe. I go to a lot of used DVD stores, mm. and the DVDs that I see a lot are the ones where they put out both widescreen and full screen copies out there. So there's like twice as much out there. Oh, interesting. And Lady Killers is one of an easy movie to find uh, because it's just so mass produced uh, on there. And you have Tom Hanks kind of part of your cast. You have that group of people or immediately like Tom Hanks. Tom oh, yeah, Hanks it's Tom Hanks. Hanks. I yeah. Can see it. yeah. And it's a Tom Hanks comedy. Which it's a weird Tom Hanks comedy, though. And I yeah. think he people realize a, it because he does, he a, does he a crazy accent. Yeah. yeah, he, he does a character. It looks uh, like yes, Colonel Sanders. See, I, I'm from a little old town in Louisiana, but uh, <laughs> I've been known to travel through Mississippi. You know, like it, he just, he's very so, gentleman. Yeah. Looks like Colonel Sanders. Yeah, yeah oh, absolutely. Like yeah. He's a, uh, he's a linguist. You know, um, he he studies dead languages like very uh, deadpan. You know, in this movie, his comedy is. Very but his deadpan. his his creepy, weaselly little laugh yeah. that he does, yeah. which I can't even do an impression of, is just like quick breathing. Like I, I don't even know, but it's so funny when he laughs at his yeah. own jokes and stuff. So. Um, <laughs> Basically, I, I feel like kind of the main character, I know everybody says Tom Hanks, but I think that uh, Irma P. Hall is yeah, actually the is, main character in this movie. Um, and she was married to a preacher um, named Other. And, <laughs> Who uh, has a shrine or something. Right? Yeah, and he's she, she has a picture of him above the mantle on the fireplace um, hanging on the wall. And throughout the movie... His expression in the in the That's picture right. changes. That's right. I forgot about you know? that. And it's kind of like if he's happy, like if, if the movie's going well, he's got a smile <laughs> on his face. So yeah, if somebody's like trying to do something bad, he's got like a stern look on his face. You know, oh, it's so great. It's really great. It's one of those um, elements that you think afterwards to put in so there. Like, yeah, oh, set the premise up for the movie. So uh, Tom Hanks shows up one day looking to rent this room under the guise of being like he's doing his passion and he's playing. Uh, uh, Renaissance uh, music, chamber, chamber church, music, church music. Yeah, yeah. right, exactly. Only because he finds out yeah, she's, yeah, she's big fanatic, yeah. uh, religious, fanatic. right? Yeah. Um, and so he tells her that he would like very much to rent a room, and would he be able specifically to specifically the root cellar? Well, yeah, he wants to rent the room, but could he use the root cellar yeah. for them to practice? And so we playing that hippity hop. Aren't yeah, you? <laughs> yeah. Left my wallet in El Segundo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! She I says just, that like five times in the movie. It's when, so great. When she slaps the shit out of Marlon Wayans. Hell yeah! And oh. he keeps doing it, and he's his reaction yeah. to it. He's like, he's behind the beam yeah. and shit. You're like, wow. Um, he was great. Oh, oh yeah, so he was. He was. Um, <laughs> he was the major comic relief. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, so as it turns out. He all of this is a ploy to be able to get into her root cellar because from the root cellar they can tunnel straight to the back of the vault at one of the riverboat casinos yeah. where they keep their money because the backside of the vault is nothing but just wooden drywall, so you can just go right through it, you know. Um, so what could she, possibly go wrong? Exactly, you know. Um, so everybody on everybody <laughs> on the team. Oh my gosh. Um, everybody on the team has their own special role. Yeah. Um, you know, you have... Uh, the general's the digger. Yeah, he's the tunnel, he's expert. The tunnel expert. JK's demolition. Yeah. yeah. Lump is Lump the muscle. Is the Lump's the muscle. Uh, Marlon Wayne's, Wayne's the inside, the inside yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, and I think, is there any more? Perfect. Tom Hanks is the mastermind. The yeah, mastermind. absolutely. Yeah, I think that's it. And, 
Unless you want to count Mount Merrill. <laughs> Mount Merrill, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> tag along. Yeah. You brought your bitch to the <laughs> waffle. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines for this. I think I think I've said this off the pod before, but on one of uh, Outcast CDs, one of my favorite lines ever is uh, this guy is supposed to be like hollering at a girl outside of the club, and eventually he's like. Can I uh, interest you in a candlelit breakfast at the Waffle House? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, J.K. Simmons has IBS. Oh, oh my god! That kind of plays really into the great, whole thing. Yeah, yeah, it was a really great angle for them to work in some great. But plastic. it got dark. Oh yeah, at the yeah, end. It, it got I mean, dark. It, it held the comedy, but it was like well, people, people started, started dying. dying, and you're like, I had seen the movie taking this turn. Yeah, yeah, I love, but that. I like the fact that it, I like the fact that the the. Uh, the woman ended up with getting money at the end because yes. nobody, everybody yeah. thought she was nuts. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, you just go yeah. on and keep it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Can I give some to the church? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can talk favorite moments too because the, uh, this movie, a, a lot similar to all the Coen Brothers, has every scene is kind of a unique to itself too. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I love the whole angle with Marlon getting fired. Oh, and yeah. trying to bribe Stephen Root with the hundred dollars, yeah, uh, and actually working. But. Yeah, <laughs> that, that doesn't. I, you'd have to. I don't know. I think if I fired you, you'd have to do more than give me a hundred bucks. <laughs> oh, no, you totally would. Like, <laughs> well, that and I love the scene where the general loses his uh, is his thumb or his, his finger. Loses uh, one of his. Dick. I think it's yeah. his trigger finger. Is it? it? Was well, he lost I think a it finger? Might be. And the calico cat just like or that ginger cat just friggin' grabs it and yeah. runs out the door. Yeah. after it. Oh, I, I like that he can flip his cigarette oh <laughs> yeah they weren't supposed to be smoking yeah so when the old lady would come downstairs they would have to like scramble to pretend like they were practicing yeah. and stuff and he would flip the cigarette into his mouth yeah and then just hold his mouth shut yeah and, and then he, she'd run back upstairs and he'd flip it back out he really did that yeah, yeah man so like, i would imagine that's not an easy thing to do no oh, you're not gonna see do, me do try right. it yeah. like you gotta hold it uh, keep the and the ash off your tongue. I yeah, imagine. off the top of your mouth. Our, like, gra- oh. our grandfather. I remember our, my grandfather, uh, Vinny, uh, my dad's dad when I was younger. I remember being over his house when I was like six years old. And he's, he's teaching me something. He taught me something. And he's like, oh, "You show your mom when you get home. Uh-huh. And it was me putting a match out with my tongue. <laughs> ah, <laughs> and I did, it yeah. fr- I did it in front of her. Yeah. And she's like, what the hell? Yeah. Who the hell showed you how to do that? Yeah. And I, Grandpa told me to uh, do it. And he's like, I can't believe it. That's I mean, hysterical. It, it doesn't hurt. No, if you have enough saliva if you on have your enough tongue. Saliva, especially, yeah. I used to just lick my fingers and pinch. Yeah, yeah. As long as you have enough saliva. Yeah. Yeah. If it's dry, you're in trouble. But I, I, remember yeah. freak- I remember freaking somebody out at Dirty Nelly's. This is way off topic. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, we're getting ready to play a show, and I have a pedal that attaches to my guitar, and mm-hmm. it's an effect pedal. They take 9-volt batteries, and I had a bag full of 9-volt batteries. <laughs> oh, yes, to my, touching my I tongue with them. I did that back in the yeah. day. Like, what the fuck it. are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it, it's not tingly at yeah, best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not something too strange. But yeah. <laughs> All right, with that, we should, uh, should we move on? Yeah, sure, yeah, why not? All right. We're doing X's instead of crosses. Yeah, I was going to say, you could do either you want no, or both. I'll, I'll stick with the theme. But, uh, I, it might bother me so much when it gets me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put question mark. <laughs> Don't fuck with my OCD on my list. Yeah, so. Right. so I'm going to go all the way back to their first one. Nice. Just be blood simple, just because the script was perfect. Mm-hmm. The not, story not simple. It should have been blood complicated. <laughs> blood very complicated yeah. and tragic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, no, this uh, is one I haven't seen. Uh, this is so good. I couldn't recommend this. Francis McDormand was in her very first movie. 
It's I don't not, know if was he married. How? When did they get married? And, maybe I mean, right after. Right this after movie. that. Mm. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe, maybe they were famous. Before. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> she was young. Yeah. I don't and, know if this movie. The only people really made famous was the Coen Brothers because it was their very first movie and it was ambitious as hell and arguably still probably my favorite Coen Brothers movie of every One movie of they did. Not many people can say that their first movie holds up to that kind of standard being like you could show this at a film Tarantino, festival or anything like that. One of his first movies. Who's yeah, the, Tar- the, Reservoir the, Dogs. The Deer Hunter yeah, guy. Reservoir Dogs, Michael Simeo for the, the Deer Hunter. So there are, definitely are people that uh, have that but you're right, great I mean, quality. But yeah, that has got to be difficult. And yeah, why don't you tell us the the kind of the premise? Because this was a this was a movie that was kind of based on not only tragic events, but like uh, one person fucking up one thing, and it affects yeah. two different people or, or another. There was also the element of misunderstanding. Yeah, that that's really what it played was. into this. Because what it was is well, let's talk actors first. Get, well, so real quick, uh, they were, the movie came out in '84, mm-hmm, and nice. they were married in '84. So oh, cool. I did, yeah, yeah, so it must so have been must have been they during the same fell in time. Love on the set. So yeah, you got Francis McDermott. Uh, you got M. Emmett Walsh. Ah, so good. He's the doctor from Fletch. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. gives him the uh, prostate exam. <clears throat> to do it. And you got the whole hand up there, doctor. He he hates these cans. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. <laughs> yeah. He's a jerk. I love Die, it. gas pumper. <laughs> <laughs> He's been around forever, man. Uh, you got John Getz. Uh, I love John Getz. It's the guy from Men at Work, right? A uh, guy from Men at Work. He's also the asshole boss from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. So good. Uh, Dan Hedia. Love Dan Hedia. He's, he's Dave's spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> he's from Aliens 4? Alien 4. Yeah. yeah Alien okay. 4. Uh, he's Holly also Hunter. played Richard Dixon in the movie Dick. Oh, he wow. was a great Richard Dixon, too. Really? Remember they gave him the pop brownies? I don't yeah, know if you remember that. I don't remember that. Oh, but huh. that was a funny-ass movie. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, that was basically it. Those were the main stars of it. I mean, they had some like that black guy that was the bartender was a big actor in the yeah, movie. Yeah, Sam Art but, Williams. Yeah, he. I don't think he did anything else. He looked like a football player. That guy he was did. massive, yeah. man. He was like seven feet tall. But yeah, tell us kind of so, what it happens. So what <laughs> happens is gets uh, his character is working at the bar for uh, whatever they go. Dan Henry. Dan and um, his wife is Francis McDormand. And Getz and McDormand are having an affair behind his back. Mm-hmm. He kind of suspects something's going on, so he hires um, the Fletch guy. Fletch guy, what's his name? M. Emmett Till. M. Emmett Till. Isn't that right? M. Emmett Walsh. 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 Yeah, there we go. Yeah, why? He's a private he investigator, <laughs> and uh, he's not—he's kind of—he's kind of sleazy. Oh, he's very sleazy. He's in a funny sleazy. way. In too. a funny way, that might be the only comedy that comes from this. Is kind of remember they walk yeah. up to him while he's uh, rolling a. Uh, those people thought I was rolling a joint. Uh, yeah, when he's yeah, actually yeah. rolling yeah, his own cigarettes. Right. This guy's very Texas. This whole movie's uh, very Texas. And so he hires he hires him to spy on his wife, mm-hmm. and so he finds out that he's he is having an affair. Yeah. Instead of just telling him, too, he takes pictures. Takes pictures. Of them sleeping. Just sleeping mm-hmm. in their bed. At yeah. And he comes back to him, and so I guess it angers. Yeah. Um, and you stews on it for like 24 hours. So he's like, I want them both dead. Oh, wow. <laughs> Remember he, before that, that great thing, he's like, he's like, I got a job for you. Well, if it's legal and it pays, pays well, well, then okay. Yeah. Says, well, it's not exactly... Uh, uh, legal. He's well. If it pays well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, so he pays the guy to to kill both his wife yeah. and uh, get. And uh, what uh, Walsh ends up doing is he, he should have probably just done. The he should have just done the job. <laughs> to be and honest, he, with you, it'd be less his, of a problem. Yeah, yeah. and he everything would have worked out fine for him, right. And for the other guy, yeah. 
but he didn't. He he didn't want to kill him. He just wanted to make it look like he killed him. So just he get, the, get up. the money from Dan Henry. Yeah, he got the money from Dan Henry. He docked it up photos. That, that was the brilliant part of it. Well, sort of. I mean, he did doctor the photos, and it looked like you were looking at two dead bodies. But yeah. they actually, uh, they were actually just sleeping. But he added like blood stains on the uh, yeah. sheets bullet and on holes. their bodies, uh-huh. bullet holes. So it was very cleverly done at first. Where Dan Henry's like, uh, "All right, thank you. Here's the here's the money. Pays wow. him off." And then. For some reason, I, I how, what was the circumstance that caused Walsh to shoot Henya? That was, I mean, that's the Coen brothers right there, I think. You know, one character does something so stupid that not even the viewer can understand why he did it. Right. And because right after he got paid. He, yeah. He, he shoots him, <laughs> makes the tragic mistake of, and I'll spoil a yeah, little yeah. bit here. He, he had this lighter with his initials on it yeah. or his name on it. Uh-huh. And, and, uh. He left it under a left trout. It, left it on a, a <laughs> spinner full of Dan fish. Dan Henry had just got, gone fishing, uh-huh. so he had one, Threw of those, up a bunch uh, of one of those stringer. things with all the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Had a stringer yeah. or a trout mm-hmm. on it. So he had it on the table, and he and put it, it on top of his it, and lighter. it lighter. So oh, that didn't realize oh, shit. It. But to, so... The audience did, though. They Like, right before the scene ended, they, like, highlighted that. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Thing on. So his wife and Getz, a clueless to this point, what happens... Yeah. Um, he had gotten fired earlier, so when he approached him, you're fucking my wife, yeah, you're yeah, fired. Yeah. So he gets goes several back altercations. To, yeah, Getz goes back to try to get his last paycheck. Uh-huh. He's like, whatever, that's fine, you owe me money. I'm and this is where the movie just yeah. takes off and becomes next level. And it's understandable, like, he shows up, and he sees the dead body, and he's like, fuck, the wife killed him. Oh shit! I have to. I have to clean it up. I have to clean this. <laughs> it was a brutal scene oh, it was too, hard man. To watch, like man. wiping up blood. He was just making it worse. It, yeah. Oh, then he man, was like, like, he was moving his blood. He was cleaning up with his jacket, and then he was oh. moving the bloody jacket to the sink. But along the sink, this drop. I mean, it was an OCD nightmare. Like if you're it watching worse. it, you're, yeah. you're like, no, yeah. That's not how you do it. <laughs> you hear people. He's in the locked office, but you hear yeah. people showing up for work. You hear the jukebox start. The, the yeah. bartender starts there's, there's every time people he downstairs. shows up. Oh wow! And, and eventually, people are knocking on the door, and he's just trying to clean this body up. Jesus! But to make the so he gets it cleaned up, and he comes home. And he's like, he finds a gun too that he's. That's right. Takes it with him. Well, no, he goes right to the field. This is you're jumping over him. Oh, uh, okay. yeah, that's right. That, that's the big part. That's right. So he so he cleans up the blood, but then he gets rid of the body, mm-hmm. or he tries to get rid of the body. He drives it out to like a cornfield, and they had. There's a great mirrored scene in this that they really they kind of remade their own scene in Fargo, whereas the scene where. Uh, uh, Peter Stamari has to kill the couple on the side of the road, right. and uh, he's got to hide the body and put put the body into the back seat right before the lights shine on them and everything. Right, crazy. Yeah. come down the road. And it was yeah. very similar in very Blood similar. Simple. He's he's trying to move Dan Henya's body, uh, and then a car comes by. <laughs> but you don't realize Dan Henya's not dead. Yeah. Oh he's, shit. He's barely he's alive. Still but. alive. Oh fuck. Like this so is hours later. John Getz really doesn't want to have to kill him, but he almost does the something even worse and he buries him alive oh you motherfucker yeah, you know oh uh, you better fucking one, hope i don't one get out of there scene where uh he, he's not paying attention and he's throwing dirt on top of dan henyon dan henyon screaming uh <clears throat> where dan <clears throat> you forget that uh john gets had taken the gun from the murder scene mm-hmm. and put it in dan henyon's like suit jacket pocket so while john gets is burying him they look down at one point. Dan Henya's taking the gun out of the pocket, oh, yeah. pointing it at John. And you're Getz. like, "Fuck, he's gonna get." You don't know iced. how many bullets are in the gun because it goes off several times, and he uh, freezes. <clears throat> remember when he initially found it? He kicks it. 
and it goes off in Dan Henyu's office. That's, right. That's how he realized That's it was a gun right. there. And so that was another but bullet that, that was went the off. Bullet. So you didn't realize how many bullets were in the gun. So Dan Henyu starts clicking it and yeah. clicking it. And you know it's it, there is a couple bullets in there. <sighs> and John Getz just grabs it right at the right moment. But yeah. he takes his time getting down there. Yeah. Remember he, like, he freezes. He leans down. Yeah. He just is kind of in shock of what happened. So wow. it was a brutal scene of watching somebody bury somebody alive yeah. and cover up a murder that has nothing to do with him whatsoever. <laughs> so well, he to didn't the know point that. where he didn't care. He hates the guy yeah. he didn't hate that guy but he didn't he wouldn't have done it obviously if he yeah not enough known, to kill him but no no he had but then, <laughs> he, they but then, he, asked, then he goes home and like tells his girlfriend like i cleaned up your mess yeah, yeah. And, and she has she has no, no clue idea. what he's talking like, about what are you talking about yeah and he's like what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they both have that realization uh, at the same time that, what did you do? Yeah. This is, oh, man, I can't even tell you what I did. Yeah. So, it, it's a great, great freaking movie, and it, it has a great ending that we oh. won't get totally into, but there is a really brutal scene with Emmett and uh, uh, a knife being kind of uh, shoved into his hand, and he has to kind of do some stuff to, in order to get it out of his Yikes. hand. And it's just hard to watch, man. Really hard to watch. Dude, I can't get this out of my head right now. Is just from being buried alive, Ugh. just fucking Leslie Nielsen going, I can hold my a breath, breath for a oh, very yeah. long time. <laughs> Creep show right? Yeah. I thought you were going naked gun. I was like, what's yeah. that? <laughs> Ted Danson? Yeah. Oh, Ted Danson, it's Super young Ted Danson, man. And uh, <laughs> who was the girl? Was that? Uh... I don't know who the girl was. She was kind of an unknown. All right. I'm going to let's go into. Uh, I'm going to pick for my next one. Let's pick. Let's pick Fargo. Ooh. We should go all into it. Sounds Since like a good one, eh? mentioned it. Yes. <laughs> you betcha, eh? Yeah. I think the Minnesota accent got super famous from this movie. Ever, I think was this, the, this that, is the movie that made them. They, they commercially for it, yeah. famous. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know they. I know that this is probably their raising Arizona probably put them on the map for everybody, it, but as far as '80s comedies, but this is one that everyone saw. Everyone yeah. saw Fargo. Everyone knows uh, can do an accent of Marge Gunderson and knows about the wood chipping scene, and uh, it's just and it spawned a great series, awesome oh, series, awesome man. series. Uh, all three seasons were phenomenal. I haven't seen the third season. And yet. I haven't seen the first season, but third first season, season was awesome. was great. Uh, they're the all first great. season was almost like the movie. Yeah, I hear that. It, same characters. It's still a it's lot got of the like, same characters. Yeah, yeah, like the one that William H. Macy plays. Yeah. Uh, what's his? Jerry Lundegaard. Yeah. yeah, someone plays him. The guy from uh, The Hobbit, you said, plays him? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one, though, I, I love oh. that second season probably as much as if I had to go Kirsten through. Kirsten Dunst and that, her husband were awesome. Yeah. Like, if we were ever to do a random, maybe on your birthday, we'll pull one of those. Uh, we could do a TV. Uh, the just Wire. A one thing, but you have to pick a specific season from, we'll pick 10 shows, and you have to pick a specific season oh, from that show. Shit. Like, The Wire would be hard, because be you'd tough, almost want to do The Docs, but you also have the Hamsterdam one, uh, which would be great. Uh, it's a lot of stuff like that. But for me, is the Fargo... Wire, is that on Netflix? I keep... It's on HBO. HBO.com. I have HBO. I don't think it's on. I don't think it's on. You can enter my code. Watch it. Give me your damn code. Give everybody your code. Yeah, Yeah. what is it, Paul? Do it now. (laughs) (laughs) Why you got to put me on the spot like that? Oh, you don't like us enough to share your code? It's uh, it's OU81. You don't think people in Turkey want to watch HBO? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, so let's let's talk Fargo because this this got a shitload of awards. It won one of the two awards that Frances McDermott has won. She won Best Supporting Actor back in the day for Mississippi Burning. Uh, But this was her her best actor, well-deserved. This was a complete character that they created for her. 
And didn't uh, she win for three billboards last year? Oh yeah, so it's three. Yeah, yeah. she won for that too. Yeah. She was phenomenal that, in that man. I know, man. Totally <laughs> forgot about it. That movie. I love that movie too. That was oh, such a great. Was movie. great. Uh, so yeah, Woody Harrelson was awesome. Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Sam Rockwell won the uh, Oscar for it too. Oh wow! And uh, but Fargo, Fargo was this was one of those movies like we mentioned before that's kind of simple on the surface but complicated when you get into it. And it's, right. It's definitely classic Coen Brothers when it comes to stupid people doing bad shit and fucking up not their uh, not only their lives but innocent people's mm-hmm. lives. And the movie kind of starts off with uh, William H. Macy's character playing Jerry Lundegaard, who meets Steve Buscemi and Peter Stamari in this, like, uh, off-the-beaten-track kind of uh, bar. Like dive where bar, yeah. you, And you, it sets the scene straight up. It was a really great way of setting the movie up right from the get-go of what's happening, what's going on. And what's, what is going on is... Jerry Lundegaard, William H. Macy, is hiring the other, the two morons, really, yeah. to kidnap his <laughs> wife. And uh, the idea is that Jerry's hard up on money. He can't ask anybody for money. So what he comes up with this brilliant idea Absolutely. that I will brilliant. pay people to kidnap my wife and they will give the money to Does me and then work? I'll pay off the kidnappers. Ever work? I don't ever think again. ever. I don't think ever. <laughs> I'll, I'll get the money. They'll give the money to me. Yeah. I'll give the money to some of the money to the kidnappers and everything. You already bought the kidnappers a car so they could come into town and do all this type of stuff. He works at a car dealerships. That comes back to bite him in the ass too. Really, it's what the ultimately what comes back. Yeah. The kind of scheming that he had been doing at the car dealership that gets Marge kind of on his... Uh, trail with her good detective work. What was it he was doing? I don't remember. Was he he was saying that he was selling cars that he wasn't selling, right? Yeah. What was that? He took he, he took delivery of cars mm-hmm. and taking him off the invoice or something, and and never paid the wholesaler. Yeah, for because him. remember they kept they kept calling him and needing yeah, I need those need driver's numbers numbers or VIN numbers. Yeah. And he had already sold the cars and either not recompensed them for he wasn't a great them. liar either. He no, really he was, stressed. <laughs> stressed. I mean that. And... That was kind of that character. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. was like bumbling, you know. Even when he was, even when he was pitching the idea to his to his father in law about the parking oh, lot. Oh yeah. And you, know, you could it tell was a good idea, but he's like, no, I want to be a parking. He thought lawyer. he had no other way but to do this, and so we get to see the kidnapping, and it immediately bad shit happens, and it goes wrong because on the way, uh, on the way to getting the the kidnapped wife to the safe house, we jump to our blood simple scene (laughs) where they get pulled over by a cop. One of the most brutal shooting scenes I've seen. And it it happens really fast where Steve Buscemi is just talking to the cop, like possibly going to get away with it. They get pulled over. He said, be cool and everything. The wife's, in the back, making noise under a sheet. So, yeah, and he, she makes a noise. Somehow he should have just waited another minute or two. He probably yeah, it, he actually, I mean, he probably did the right thing. Now you think about it, because she does make a noise, which gets his attention to look in the back seat. So right when he does that, see uh, Peter Stamore, who's in the passenger, just reaches over, grabs the cop, brings him into the car, and shoots him on the top of the head. Yeah, and the blood pours out like it's a geyser. Yeah, it probably would be like that too. Fuck you know? yeah, and it's got to go he somewhere. Just fall, the blood spews over Buscemi's face, and he's just like, "Whoa, whoa, yeah. what just happened here?" So now he's got a dead cop on the road. They're pulled over, and uh, they decide we got to pull the cop off the road. Uh, so they, while they're pulling the cop off the road, you see those headlights coming, yeah. and it's just this. <laughs> 
just normal couple or no it's a it's a little girl and her dad are just driving by mm. and they just happen to get like the clearest view that you'd ever want to get <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> of what was going on and steve buscemi's face so while steve buscemi is pulling the body off the road peter stamari jumps into the car hightails it behind there shoots him from the car just to disable the vehicle and then goes off the beaten path and kills him and it's a brutal scene where he like looks into the car and looks at that little girl's face yeah and shoots this her. is the first scene that the um francis mcdormand comes upon that right afterwards yeah right, yeah. After. right after the scene it just jumps into francis mcdormand who is a uh well remember she's getting woken up we get to see her kind He's of lifestyle crawlers, like uh, yeah you get dozens. to see uh uh let's see if we get his name right john carroll lynch oh i think so yeah i think, I think it's the zodiac john. killer yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I tried to put his name to memory because we talk about him a lot on this was he uh, in the pod. drew carey show yeah, he played his brother, who was uh, uh, like transgendered. Uh, he always was wearing different clothes, and he was really funny in that movie. He could play funny and scary really. <laughs> I mean, he's like, yeah. but he's like what? Six, John Carroll Lynch, yeah, six, six four. Six, he's huge. He's, he's a big guy. Man. He's big the dude. one who played the creepy ass clown in American Horror Story oh, with that mask man. on. Man, you never would know it was him. What a fucked up character! No shit, that he's was the same really height as me. Character. How he's 6'3". He? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's only 6'3". Yeah, yeah, but you're a big like, guy, too, though. Yeah, but he's You like, don't realize it. Yeah, he's, he's like 290. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> he's like 290. Yeah, no, he's a big guy, though. Yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah, he's massive. <laughs> Whereas I'm like 185. <laughs> he's so good in different stuff, and this was a very low-key role for him, where he just played the husband of Marge and just had that great Super Minnesota accent yeah. and just had those really fun things. He was ice fishing. and Ice fishing and yeah. taking care you of his pregnant wife. Yeah, you got to eat no. breakfast, Marge. Yeah. No, he, he was just like, you know, the lovable buffoon. And you were... You know? As a Coen Brothers fan watching this movie, you had to be concerned for the livelihood of him and Marge. Yeah. I, I don't remember the first time I watched it if I was, but it, looking at it now, they could have easily gotten killed because people in Coen Brothers movies just get wiped out like yeah. that, especially yeah. sweet, nice ones. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, she comes she up on the body. a badass cop, though. Oh, yeah. Such a small town that probably doesn't have to ever deal with anything like yeah. this. Yeah. And that's kind well, of the premise, man. Smart. That's how it all She was is. smart. You but, know, oh, and, yeah. And that's... That's kind of where it comes down to is her good detective work. Now, yeah. I do want to point out the fact, every once in a while, the Coen brothers will put a scene in a movie. <laughs> not only does it not make sense, right. uh, has no place in the movie. I almost think that the aliens shot in season two of the yeah. TV series yeah. was an homage to yeah, yeah, yeah. this. I, I agree with that. But they put a scene in that has nothing to do with it. And I'm talking about the scene where she goes and visits... Uh, like I think we're getting invaded by chicken. Uh, chicken wants you tell it then. <laughs> but it, it, it's she goes and meets the uh, yeah, Asian guy that yeah. she knew from her past. It was. Yeah. It's so weird, it man. Was super weird. And there's another one from Big Lebowski that's like that. And we could probably go through and pick a different one from each movie, where uh, it's just they put that scene in there. And at first, when you were start. When you were initially watching Coen Brothers movies, you were like, what is this? What's going on? But yeah. now watching them, you're like, where's that scene? Where's right. the scene that makes no sense? Yeah. Because you can almost expect... It's almost a trademark by yeah, them now. Yeah, absolutely. And you, not every director can get away with that shit. No. But when you're kind of... Where we, weirdness is kind of your thing, you can do it. David Lynch can get away with yeah, it. David Lynch can totally get away with it. No one would... That's half his movie. <laughs> and, and he would argue that he doesn't even know what the hell he's doing half the time. Yeah, it felt good in the day. I put yeah. it in there. I yeah. thought it would work. I guess and, then it the, and then it kept it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's the premise. I don't want to get in too far. If there's a favorite scene you guys have, we can uh, we can talk about. Uh, for me, I love when Marge is talking to the two girls oh. that I uh, have sex with, Peter Stamari, <laughs> and uh, that. Whenever I think of the accents and when I think of the the 
funny back and forth between the two. I think of, uh, so you were having sex with a little guy. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> says, you know, was there anything weird about him? Nah, he was just funny looking. Yeah. He wasn't circumcised. Oh, yeah? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or where, they t- where she talks to the guy shoveling the snow. Yeah. Where he's like, uh, he's funny looking. Ah, just in a general kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the wood chipper the scene. The locals, you know. Just yeah, like, oh, right. yeah. Oh, the wood chipping scene. Man. Yeah. That's the scene everyone kind of, their mind goes to. Yeah. I don't know why, but I like the scene when the when they get the wife back to the safe house. Yeah. And she escapes. Uh-huh. And oh, yeah. runs past him outside. And she's got the hood on. on. Yeah. And she looks like a chicken. Like, oh, yeah. And, but Steve Buscemi's line where he goes, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> he like runs into the tree and knocks himself Yeah, over. Peter Stamaria has that oh. stoic kind of look and like he probably says five lines through the whole movie, Peter Stamaria, but he's he's perfect in that. Yeah. And this was definitely, did we determine this was after Armageddon or if it was before Armageddon? Because uh, Peter Stamaria is that type of actor who, before. he's kind of that Crispin Glover actor who you put in there and he just does random weird shit and you could tell that not all this could possibly be uh, scripted. Like I think of his his role when i think of his three weirdest roles i think fargo i think armageddon and i think minority report this came out uh, before armageddon okay oh minority, minority Report. he was the one that surgeon the that took the eyes out he's like you don't remember me do you and he oh, made yeah. oh, God. strings to the fridge and then yeah. he ate the moldy sandwich oh, that was the God. grossest scene i've yeah. ever seen that man, i love Minority Ugh. Report. that's such a great movie uh so yeah, that's Fargo, man. Uh, if you haven't seen, if you're one of the few people who haven't seen Fargo, uh, <laughs> you're dumb. You're, yeah, <laughs> you are just. Uh, I mean, because seriously, you're not a fan even I've seen. You're not Fargo. a fan of movies if you don't. <laughs> I'm sure that a lot of people haven't seen it, but I, I highly crazy. suggest you see it because it has the perfect blend of horror and uh, not horror, uh, comedy and uh, thriller. And just I, crime you know what drives. movie? It doesn't remind me of Fargo. It, it does in some ways, but that simple plan. I, I was thinking that earlier. That, yeah, that's the one movie that I could that I could point. You could almost watch. I thought that was piece. a Coen Brothers. Well, you movie. could almost watch it and think you're watching a Coen Brothers. I thought movie. it was. Yeah, yeah uh, and it's actually Sam Raimi who's and it's very off the beaten path for Sam Raimi. He was almost like he was. So he does Evil of, Dead. That's Evil Dead. That's dude. the Evil Dead and the Spider Man guy, and it's he's almost feels like he was doing an homage to the Coen Brothers in that movie because it, really that was a, a major Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, My rooster thinks so too. I do. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know if that's picking up on the mic or not. It oh, might I, not be. I, I promise you it is. Hey, yeah. hey, Justin, stop crowing. Yeah. <laughs> we get it. We get it. <laughs> All right. Um, so now with this one, admittedly... <laughs> Admittedly, I uh, I haven't seen the ending to this yet, but <laughs> but I thought I'd pick it. But it's a great movie, um, Miller's Crossing. Uh, this, <laughs> this, I I discovered this really early, and this was one of the movies along with Barton Fink that I had to uh, kind of uh, pimp out to people and say, "Hey, man, if you like gangster movies, if you yeah. like kind and of it weird goes under movies, the radar too for gangster movies." Oh, yeah. I oh really? Yeah. See, if you said, "Hey, make 20, people would people would stop. <laughs> realizing gangster movies and they would leave this off the list yeah no i i agree i think when people are making their list of gangster movies this is one that's either i'm a uh, huge fan of gabriel byrne yeah oh yeah, yeah absolutely he's done any we just what did recently, we see him in recently hereditary, hereditary. he was that's really right. good he was yeah. i hadn't seen him in a long time and he looked good i had problems with that and, movie uh, but he well he wasn't one of them yeah i, I love that movie i, and I loved him problems in, but gabriel byrne, gabriel byrne ain't one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah who else what's the other cast we got uh albert finney Yes, oh, who's yeah. amazing? Yeah, he was Paluto, great. Paluto, Joe Paluto. Yep, uh, oh, John Turturro. Uh, yep. Marsha Gay Harden. Yep, who, who I always love. When I think of her now, all I think of is The Mist. Oh man, yeah, that was the Bible thumper in The Mist. That was, and she was great in uh, Mystic River, where she just oh, had she to, she just had to cry through the whole movie. I mean, she's just she's next good. level. She's good at that. 
So yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, some Miller's Crossing? All right. Well, um, so you've also uh, there's a couple other guys. Mike Starr, who's uh, he's he's Rocco from the last. Oh yeah, yeah. I always forget it. That's his name. Yeah, um, he's also the guy from uh, Dumb and Dumber. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Ice Harvest. Yeah, yeah. Ice Harvest. Yeah, he's he's great. Um, and my guy from Alien uh, Resurrection, who's next to Pluto there on your list. Uh, uh, J.E. Freeman? Yeah, he's really good. Man. Yeah. He played the Dane in this movie. He was very intimidating uh, type character. Steve Buscemi, Michael Jeter, Sam Raimi. Michael Jeter. Huh. I love Derek Michael Jeter, Jeter too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's a, it's a gangster movie. and uh, there's Period a, piece, too. I mean, it's like the 30s or yeah, 20s. Yeah, 20s or 30s, yeah. something like that. And uh, because, I don't know. I mean, I don't think they have prohibition going on at the time they seem to be kind of past that I, no yeah i think they're just looking at territories with uh what are they selling they must be drugs or just uh just drugs wasn't uh, probably just pr- when, protection when, at women that point. and uh, yeah, prostitutes and, back then yeah, yeah well i would know you know come to think of it they uh the mayor and the police chief were at uh albert finney's talking yeah. about how uh polito had nightclubs and maybe they'd be shut down so maybe yeah, it was so legal during, gambling and yeah, stuff like that yeah, yeah. just um, all the other noble mafia and yeah and yeah and i mean all in all it's you know it's it's your normal gangster story yeah. you know and two uh, rival gangs yeah who hate each other right um you know and and then also uh, Albert Finney's uh, love interest, um, Mercy Harden. Yeah, is she's also Marty sleeping Gay. with uh, Gabriel and uh, Gabriel you know, Byrne. And, Gab- yeah, complicates shit for sure. Absolutely, it isn't, don't sleep with your boss's wife. For but also, movie. isn't John Turturro her brother? Yes, yes. Which also turns out to bite was, everyone in the ass. Sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was but so good. He in does this he's solid. In he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. People like him because he's a nice guy. Man, if you want to look at the talented John Turturro, just look at the the characters he plays just in Coen Brothers movies. When you think this and Barton Fink and the Jesus from all uh, over the place. Oh, and Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah, Where Art Thou? It's like a he uses a different accent and a different style and yeah. creates a whole different. That's why. Character actors are awesome. <laughs> Still to this day, one of my favorite roles of his is in uh, Mr. Deeds. <laughs> oh, yeah, I am very oh, sneaky, very sir. One? Yeah, when he's like sneaks up. On yeah, people. he's like, I am very sneaky, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows the best thing about that. Movie. Yeah, I totally forgot about him. In that. Yeah, um, and yeah, I mean, so you guys pick up so wherever you want. I, I think Ga- they're all kind of fighting over Gabriel Byrne, right? They kind of want. Uh, well, Joe Pluto wants Gabriel Byrne to be part of his family, right? But he won't allow him do that unless he kills. Or, or you have to, in good faith, I want you to kill Bernie Bonbon, I think is his name, mm. who's John Turturro's character. Well, that, right. it's hard to do since it's your your mistress's brother. Yeah. Uh, so what he does, and it's probably the most memorable scene of the movie, and it's certainly me and Dave's favorite line. Very stylistic was, the way they filmed it. The favorite too. line is, look into your heart. Look yeah. into your heart. I'm praying to you. Yeah. Look into your heart. So yeah, he brings, they bring uh, Joe Pluto, a couple of Pluto's goons bring Gabriel Byrne out to the woods and say, hey, you walk him out there like, 200 paces and you put a bullet in the back of his head and yeah. we go and we can continue this friendship so when he gets out there john Turturro is like begging like like really begging as hard yeah. as he can for his life yeah don't do this you don't have to do this please don't do this and uh you hear two bullets go off uh like they ordered him to do and then the next shot you can see that gabriel bird didn't kill john Turturro. And, yeah. and this was probably a big mistake that he's going to regret later and he just tells him run yeah get out of there don't don't come and back if someone does anybody you that see kind you. solid get the fuck out of town man. bro like don't just show back and up. You, yeah. you're taking a big risk that the other guys aren't going to go over there out there and check yeah you absolutely them, which yeah any which i'm surprised that they would have 
set it up like they yeah, did. Anyway. Why wouldn't you walk out there with them? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what I, yeah. Well, it doesn't work with the story. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's the thing is like, you know, when they're walking into the woods, they walk way oh, yeah, into yeah. the woods. Yeah. Like, cause that's the thing, you know, cause I'm thinking like what you said, okay, we'll go 50 steps into here and I'll put two in you and we'll yeah, turn but, around and walk away. But if I knew like, okay, maybe I'm not like, they're going to yeah. see me. So I have he to had, just, he probably was thinking about it during that walk. Oh yeah. That yeah. I can't do and this. From I, the well, moment I, they like, put him in the car. From a cinematographer's standpoint, too, those walks through the woods, mm-hmm. there's a reason why in Project Threshold, they all look, it just looks great on yeah, camera. absolutely. You can't see anything. When you can't see anything in a 360-degree yeah. kind of angle, it's, it's great, and it kind of makes it disorienting and really cool. The, the problem doing the solid for John Turturro is John Turturro's an idiot. You yeah. know he's not going to leave town and stay uh, hidden and everything. He, he doesn't even leave town. Yeah. And he just <laughs> he shows it. back up to uh. give him, he starts giving Gabriel Byrne Oh, shit. shit. Yeah. He pulls uh. a gun on him at one oh, point. Oh, man. It's, well, my favorite scene from this movie, and we should talk a little bit about it, is um, Albert Finney yeah. going oh crazy gosh, with a Tommy dude. gun. That is such a great scene. They make the mistake to put the hit out on the main, because the two families, Joe Polito is the head of one family, and yeah. Albert Finney's the head of the others. And Albert Finney is more of the calm, I, I will think this over and everything, where Joe Polito's like, kill everybody, we'll sort yeah. him out later, yeah. type of guy. But at the Even same to the point time, where he, he has these screaming fits where his whole face turns red, yeah. you think he's going to explode. He's great at that. It's probably the the biggest role anyone's ever given him mm. was this role in Miller's Crossing, because he usually plays that character like he did in Big Lebowski as that right. private eye who just comes <laughs> in. He was in Gilmore Girls what? for a little while. Huh. as the uh, He worked at the pizzeria, and uh, he made pizzas and everything, and I had to tell my girl how famous this guy was or how much he <laughs> he, and he's been in a lot of movies but uh this movie it was probably the biggest role for him and he was really great at it oh uh, yeah but yeah they they go in there to kill finney man why don't you tell Big us a little... yeah so well first of all they slit the throat of the dude oh, downstairs I yeah they did that um because you know he's got his bodyguard downstairs and he's just he's listening to danny boy and yeah. he's smoking a cigar and you that's convenient yeah <laughs> i know right <laughs> and it's loud boy. too it's it goes super great loud. with the scene though you oh know? so yeah. well um, and so they kill the guy downstairs and then the two hitmen are just walking up the stairs, but all you see is like waist level down with just the two barrels of the uh, Tommy great guns. Great stylistic shot. Walking really, uh, what's his name? Uh, Roger Deakins. Was this hidden? That's a good question. I'll have to look that up. I'll look it up while you t- Um, and so... He just kind of starts to notice. So when they kill the person downstairs, they knock the lantern over. And so it starts to set the house on fire. So he's sitting there, and he's just enjoying his cigar and the music and everything. And I think all of a sudden, he kind of smells smoke. And it just brings him out of his moment there. What do you got? I'm still looking. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Brings it out of his moment there. And he kind of realizes, like, something's off. And they show just a little bit of smoke drafting up. Barry Soddenfield. Sorry. Barry Soddenfield's also an amazing cinematographer. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, he's the one who did that. Nice. Okay. Um, and you see this little bit of smoke come up through the floorboard. You and who know? would normally, who would like even catch that? I, that's and that's what I love about it. it. It shows like this edge, this almost premonition that he you know has. And so he just very nonchalantly and slowly puts his cigar out and grabs his gun off the nightstand. His calmness was really. It's, it, it was really great. It, I, it was impressive. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> he didn't it's get like, to be the boss for nothing. Yeah. No me. kidding. You know, like I mean, it was impressive. It would be like somebody walking straight up to a rattlesnake and just picking them up. Like, that's what it equaled to me, his amount of calm. And uh, so as he gets the guns, the two guys kick the door open, and he drops down and goes underneath the bed, shoots one guy in the ankle, and his head falls right at the edge of the bed, and he just 
plugs him right on the top of the head and he's done for. Um, and he rolls out. And so the other guy's got the Tommy gun and he's shooting in a line towards the bed. And so he rolls out and I don't, I don't remember if he shoots him right there or not, but he, he does something to get the gun away for, or to, to drop him somehow. Cause he yeah. doesn't kill him in that moment, but he drops him somehow. And he takes the other guy's Tommy gun, mm-hmm. runs out of the room to the room next door jumps out of the window <laughs> and yeah you know what i mean and by this time the whole house is starting to burn i love up. that he's like no matter what he's happens still, like, he's in his not bathrobe, getting away. right oh yeah, yeah, yeah still yeah. in a bathrobe fucking slippers on you know <laughs> he's like, still got a cigar in his mouth oh uh, no thing. i think he put the Did cigar he, oh yeah, he put it yeah. up that's right you said he yeah put it um but you know so then he jumps down from the roof and the guy the second guy comes and stands in front of the window and he just opens up with that fucking tommy oh, gun yeah, i mean he puts 60 holes in this guy you know then another car comes by. I love those old cars with oh, yeah, the suicide, yeah. suicide doors. Door, oh, yeah. my God. My girl's car has those doors. Yeah, oh, they're so cool. Well, my dad's got a 34 that's got suicide oh, wow. doors on it and the runner's on the side oh, so yeah, you can stand there. No, it belonged to an Irish gangster. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, it was fucking cool. It was a bullet hole. Into yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, they come flying by and they're shooting at him with the Tommy gun and he's just cool as ice, man, yep. just pumping back at him and he just follows you know follows him with a spray of bullets the whole way down the street eventually hits the driver the car crashes explodes and he's still fucking putting <laughs> bullets into it you know and uh, then it's over and done with and he just puts it up and he's like all right on to the next thing you know like dude is cool uh, as a fucking cucumber it man. was great man I, I loved albert finney in this role I, there's another scene in it where he just beats garber's ass oh, every yeah. times he punches him in the oh face. yeah when he's kicking him out <laughs> yeah, when he finds out that he was sleeping with his wife yep. and he just pummels him man yep. and he just has to take it yeah. it's, it's a great movie we should yeah. probably leave it at that we don't want to uh, go with too much into the ending because it's a, it's a great ending and uh, this is definitely one you should check out yeah. when you're watching when you're having a gangster marathon yeah. add, add this one in yeah. alright Dave what you got um, so probably one of my favorite Coen Brothers movies that's very underrated or not known one or the other <laughs> is uh, The Man Who Wasn't There uh, yeah so see I've good. never heard of this one black and white um, very stylistic. I've, very stylistic. I've got Deacons pulled up, and I'm going to hold off talking about it. I'm going to name his movies, but I'll do it on my next ones. But uh, I, I'm pretty sure Deacons did this one uh, also. Richard Jenkins, Billy Bob Thornton. Um, Gandolfini. James Gandolfini. Uh, Scarlett Fran- Johansson. Francis- Scarlett Johansson super young. She's like 14. Yeah. Uh, I, she might even have been young. I, I think in the movie... She, or as an actress, I think she was 13 playing a 14-year-old and in it. Monk and Monk was in it. Uh, yeah, Tony Shalhoub. One of oh, Tony Shalhoub's so best movies, man. I haven't seen him in anything in a long no, time. it's been a long time. We, my girl's watching old episodes of Wings, and you almost forget that's where he started, man. Or That's where he got famous. Honk, mm-hmm. quick chain. honk, love Tooney. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah, he had that too, but he was the cab, remember, he was the cab driver in Wings. Yeah, uh, oh yeah. He was so good in it too. But well, uh, Monk, he was good. Monk, Monk, Monk was, was good. good. James Gandolfini, Francis McDermott, uh, a lot of the regulars. I like uh, Michael Belluccio or uh, Belluti. Uh, damn, I can't think of his name. The guy who Joe plays, Pluto is in it. Uh, Pluto was in it. Uh, the guy that played the uh, the other barber. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah tell yeah, us yeah. a little bit about you saw this in an interesting place. So I saw it before it came out in the states. I was over in France. And oh. uh, what, what year was this around? Um, it had to have been. In the 2000, between 2000 and 2004 what, was the times 9/11? I was going over. After 9-11? I, yeah, after 9-11. Okay, so yeah. Um, I flew to France like three weeks after 9-11. Yeah. Wow. It was very tense. I imagine. Airport security. Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember it. Wasn't that one of the ones I had to 
pick you up, and they that's when yeah. they started like you cannot park. You can't stand at the curb. Oh anymore. yeah, yeah. They will ju- <laughs> pop your trunk. They'll throw their luggage in. What a huge favor they did. Every guy ever driving their significant other. <laughs> See ya. You gotta go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before, remember you had to get in parking. You had to go guns. inside and wait at oh, the yeah. gate with them. Yeah, they had machine guns. Those for that first month. Oh yeah, and all those month. things. Yeah, they were but it, it was funny. It it was called the barber or the barber. It's weird. Yeah, you forget how oh, yeah. many movies, how few movies have the same name yeah, over there. Probably, it, and it was in English with French subtitles. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it was great. I'd love that. See, I my, also saw my girl would never go for that if I went over I there saw to go four see rooms. a movie there. I'd have to I saw myself. four rooms in France too. Oh yeah, hmm. that's yeah. a great one to watch it there too. But it was, uh, yeah. It, I mean, as soon as I saw it, I mean, it was very stylistic, something, and it was a tragedy. French film goers like to see but if you're not in everybody movies this this movie is not for you it's and it's black and white which one is this again was great man Uh, who wasn't there man who wasn't but for a black and white movie there there's a decent amount of violence that happens suddenly in a lot of fucked up scenes so the premise of the movie is uh francis mcdormand and billy bob thornton are in a loveless marriage of convenience and so he's a he works for her brother as the second chair at a barbershop and he's very monotone and super he narrates monotone, the movie. Uh, doesn't really care much for drama. He's like, he seems like he's just. He's like, I just cut the hair. I cut the hair. Yeah. He says, <laughs> that a lot. says it. Yeah. And he keeps saying, you know, all this craziness is going on when it started getting crazy. And he's like, the whole time we just cut the hair. And uh, so what ends up happening is two things kind of happen at the same time that converge. One, he gets a client, Joe Paluto. That tries dry cleaning. <laughs> sell them on dry cleaning before it was a thing. Uh huh. Like it washes your clothes without water. Yeah. So no Watching shrinkage. Him pitch this was so hilarious. It's all done with chemicals. People must have thought he was friggin' nuts. Oh, I bet. <laughs> Pitching it. So he came. The Joe Paluto came to town to get money from James Galdolfini's, Gal- who was the own the local uh, department store, yeah, yeah. who. Uh, Francis Dormant was having an affair with, but she also was the head controller, the accountant for them. Uh-huh. So uh, Billy Bob Fortin finds out that his wife is having an affair. He also heard the story about the dry cleanings. He wants out of the barber business, so he's oh, like, okay. I'm going to blackmail my, James yeah. Galdolfini for the ten grand to give the other guy to yeah. be a partner with him, nice. 50-50 in the dry cleaning. And so he goes and he Tells Gandolfini, I'm going to tell your wife if you don't leave money here oh, at a certain man. time. Does and not he does does not sit well with Gandolfini though. What no. kind of man does? Yeah. This, you know? Well, at first he doesn't find he doesn't find out that it's him. Yeah. Remember he yeah, comes anonymous. to his party and he's like, "I'm being squeezed. What do you think I should do?" He's like, "Oh, sounds like you should pay him." Because huh. and you knew already the audience knew that he was the one. Yeah. Mm. And so later on, he calls him back to the office after hours mm. you don't know what for you don't well, know what well, for you, you, you kind of do, you, you kinda do. <laughs> and then billy bob didn't know billy what, bob what didn't for. know and uh james Gonfini ta- attacks him in his office and billy bob thornton grabs a letter opener oh, that he, had seen it. he had seen it earlier they did a flash of the him hey, opening something or something. well he told him he took it off of a japanese oh, soldier right, right. or something in the war and so it was one of the greatest quick shots of a murder you didn't know billy had it in his hand you didn't know he had it in his hand and all you saw was like a quick up thrust 
into the side of Gandalfini's neck. Oh. And then Gandalfini like takes two steps back yeah. and then the blood starts yeah. coming. And, just oh. and he's just choking and choking and oh. like falls. It's terrible. And, uh, and in black and white, it's even yeah. creepier. It was kind of oh, creepy. Yeah. So he goes home. All of a sudden, then they arrest his wife <laughs> for the murder. What? Yeah. So that's when he has to find him representation. So that's when the Jenkins character comes in as a friend of the family. And, um, yeah, one of Richard Jenkins' best. And uh, Billy Bob is kind of taking a roles. shine to his daughter, who was Scarlett Johansson. She was a teenage kid that was good at piano. Uh-huh. And he would like it to was come just, over there at night. It got just up to the edge of being inappropriate. Yeah. But it got <laughs> you know? inappropriate for a minute, but that wasn't his fault. Yeah, that's true. That's true. She did. She, she made it inappropriate. <laughs> oh, so anyway, so, they ha- so Jenkins is a lawyer. And he comes, I need your help. They got her. And then he's like, you got to hire Reed Schneider. Like, for my money, reading great scene with Richard Jenkins so then, being drunk as hell. My favorite scene of the whole movie is when Tony Shalhoub shows up to interview to be the lawyer. Really, every scene with Tony Shalhoub, awesome. he, he owned it. Yeah. So he goes into the diner, and like Tony Shalhoub's quick, like a thousand thoughts a minute, like talking a thousand words a minute. Yeah. Just like here, but bang. no, you don't know this. You're, you're, it, it you're a been, You don't know shit. It must, <laughs> have, been, it must <laughs> yeah. have been like a three-page dialogue. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, oh, wow. Uh, it was just rapid fire and like dialogue. Like everybody else was monitored. Yeah, does Billy Bob even say a word? A couple of words, but not much. Yeah. yeah, yeah that was his best line, too. You're a barber. What do you know? Huh. Yeah. You don't know nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so his wife goes on trial for murder. They get Tony Shalhoub. And I don't know how much you want me to spoil the movie. No, we could leave the uh, the kind of the meat of it at the end there, silent. But, but it, it was phenomenal, th- man. Things twist around where where a lot the, of twists. The guy that came for the dry cleaning ends up dead. Oh shit! Busy people get accused for that, and way and, more twists and turns you ever thought you were going to see when yeah. you sat down to watch yep. this movie uh-huh. too. And that's what made it good. Most people that could uh, that like those slow type dramas that could stick with it, man, were, were rewarded with something that was major that they haven't really even replicated as much. Maybe mm-hmm. they, they did a little bit in Burn uh, After Reading, yeah. which we'll talk about a little later, uh, where this, this man who wasn't there, Fargo and, uh, and Burn After Reading, for me, are the ones that were really... A whole lot of twists and turns yeah, because this of was, stupid people doing stupid. This things. was very formulaic <laughs> to, to those other Shakespearean, to those other to movies, the and to Shakespearean, yeah, like mm-hmm. tragedy, right? Whereas you know, things befall yeah. Billy Bob that wasn't supposed to happen, but actually probably should have. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I like this movie. Mm-hmm. I and I love the pacing of it. Yeah. I'm a very slowly developed movie. I like the. I like the when they go to the, my fa- one of my favorite scenes is when the her brother's riding the pig. Remember, <laughs> yeah. They go to the they go to the picnic. Oh, my friends, McDermott's yeah. drunk, and he's like, Life's he's so gonna great. run, he's gonna ride Garibaldi, he's gonna ride Garibaldi. <laughs> <laughs> it's this big giant pig. That was the random one in this and movie. He drank, too. They drank too much at the party. All right, so let me go on to my next one here. I'm gonna go on because I have my list pulled up for uh, for Roger Deakins too, and this was the first movie that he actually did for the Coen Brothers was Barton Fink, and this was 1991. And like I said earlier, this was probably one of my first exposures, uh, not good, only good to the Coen Brothers too, was it? Was that huh? 91 was a pretty good year for movies. Oh, 91 was a great year for movies. All the 90s was great, but 91 was a really good one. Not as good as 89. I was just talking about 89 the other day. Yeah. Ah, so many good movies in that year. Is Tarantino but, 91. Uh, 
or 90? Maybe. I'm not sure where Reservoir Fiction? Dogs came out. Reservoir Dogs was the first. Pulp Fiction, I think, it was 94. Okay. Uh, but Martin Fink was one of those movies that, like I said, not only was one of the first Coens I saw, but it was one of the first like artsy movies that mm-hmm. I saw that didn't necessarily need to make sense for you to enjoy it, mm-hmm. which if you're, uh, like we mentioned, David Lynch, uh, most people lo- <laughs> who love David Lynch can't tell you Half the shit. What was Lost Highway about? about? Yeah, go. Good job. <laughs> Good luck. We don't have long enough to talk about. That. We'll have a David Lynch. Creepy people. <laughs> have you seen Lost Highway? No. Oh man, it's, it's, it's an amazing movie, but I have no fucking clue what ha- what's going on. Uh, Mulholland Drive is not. Yeah, Mulholland not Drive is the same way. It's not that much better. Blue, in Blue Velvet's a little bit easier to yeah. understand, but uh, Dune might be the easiest, and that's. A weird <laughs> But yeah, we'll t- we'll have a David Lynch pod one of these days. But Martin Fink was one of the ones I had to tell everyone about, and I was like, "Hey, man, there's some interesting stuff going on in this." And the kind, the main premise of this, and it stars. It really has got it's got several little uh, minor character actors in the movies, but the the main star is John Turturro, and uh, John Goodman. John Goodman is another. Uh, uh, really his great actor. This is crazy. the second time he's worked with Goodman because he worked with him in Raising Arizona, and this was the second Third. time he worked okay. with. Uh, uh, Won't be last. This is the second time you work with John Turturro because, like I said, John Turturro uh, did Miller's Crossing, which I think was either 90. I think Miller's Crossing was 1990, so it was very close to it the same year. And this movie had to do with uh, John Turturro's character, Barton Fink, who moves to Hollywood because he had written this, like, really great uh, Broadway play, and he was, like, the right hit he, moment. Yeah, he was the, the, the guy at the moment. The really hit guy at the I moment. That Fink and, yeah, that's Barton Fink. Yeah, I've used that line a million I love times. that line too that's michael lerner who uh a lot of people know michael lerner from different things i think of him from the as the uh is he in birdcage uh no not the bird i don't think so no not michael lerner he's uh he's, he was in he's uh, the gangster in harlem nights that's right that's yeah. and he was in no escape he was the uh the, the warden, warden in yeah. prison and oh, that they dumped okay. on the planet at the very end oh he was great yeah <laughs> he, he can also play very he's very engaging and he can play a scumbag but he can also play a likable character and he played this kind of brash hollywood producer who very similar to tony shalhoub's uh dialogue that was said in uh, man who wasn't there Similar when he meets Barton Fink for the first time. He just rattles it off like a mile a minute type of thing. Also very much like Hudsucker Proxy, Jennifer Jason Almost Lee like character. listening to... You ever listen to an interview from uh, Tarantino? Oh, yeah. He just A couple talks. of them. Yeah, like he's he just, just so t- random. speed right yeah, before he yeah. like... Yeah. One million miles an hour. Yeah. Like, is this guy on something? Yeah, right. So why is the fucking sky blue? I'll tell you why the fucking sky is blue. Because there's ocean, because there's sky, because there's this, because there's you, there's yeah. I. Like, he's just And fucking... from whatever thing I've heard, that's just him, man. Yeah. He's yeah. Really yeah. Oh, I'm sure. He isn't on anything. Can you imagine pumped. if he was on Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, going if... He probably if... does coke and then doesn't talk at all. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's how he goes to bed every night. I don't coke anymore. It mellows me out. Yeah. So, oh, Barton Fink, he gets hired to do this wrestling picture, and he's hired to write it. And they, they want to show him a whole bunch of wrestling pictures, and so give him ideas. And all's going well. They're offering him a lot of money. They put him up in this hotel that turns into this, like, sleaze bucket hotel. But he goes home, and he busts his typewriter out, and he types, like, two words, and boom, writer's block. Oh, shit. Uh, and uh, I've never that? had writer's block myself. It seems Sounds like a... terrible. It seems like a horrible <laughs> thing. It's like learning how to, like, accidentally waking up and not being able to speak. You know, oh, God, you can't get your terrible. words out that you want to uh, say. I probably had to write 3,000 
pages for oh, grad school did, and dude. I didn't have any right. I can't You're lucky because apparently people have it and it's not a good thing. Oh. And so he's just trying to lose it and he kind of befriends the neighbor who he knows nothing about who lives in the apartment next door and that's the bad dog. deal. Yeah, that's the <laughs> that's the John Goodman who pl- character. This is a good character for him. It's a really good character for him because most people you think John Goodman, you think Dan Connors, you know, you think Roseanne. Think wholesome. Uh, yeah, wholesome. You know, every, he's that likable he's the, guy. He's you know? the heavy set. He's, Dude, he's just that likable guy that uh, you, everyone likes. John Goodman. You think arachnophobia and all those great stuff that flight. he's done. I like the flight. Flight was a great one that he was in. <laughs> yeah. But soon you realize that uh, he's he's not the guy that you think he is. You know, definitely so, not. And it's weird. Uh, that unless fu- you unless you thought he was a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it turns then out yes. to be. You know, he has two <laughs> cops showing up at his uh, at his apartment. One of them is uh, Eddie Arcadian. Yeah. You know, who we might be talking about next week. Uh, but he, uh, uh, he soon finds out that these detectives that show up at Barton Fink's place, they're looking for somebody, they're looking for a mass murderer. And uh, earlier in the movie, and it's a great scene where he, oh, yeah. he, <laughs> he meets up with Barton and they, they just like talk shit and drink, drink some whiskey at each other's apartments and everything. And John Goodman said, hey, I'm leaving my apartment for a while. Uh, I'm going to be on the road. Can you, can you keep an eye on this? I won't be around for a while. And gives him this package. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like a package, <laughs> like probably one foot by six inches. Pretty tall. I seen seven. And Don't take that back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very similar to the size of the package in seven. Then he gets <laughs> Weird how that's in the box. I've also seen box. Godfather too. You don't ever hide anything for anybody. Yeah. So the detectives tell me, "Hey, we're looking for this uh, serial killer, and he's been killing these people and cutting their heads off and everything." Oh, fuck. And John, it sounds similar to uh, the description to John Goodman, and you get to see it. It's a great shot by Deacons where they kind of pan to the right to the uh, package that yeah. he left him. You're like, holy crap! There's yeah. a head in that. Package. Oh, you know, fuck. there's a head in that package. <laughs> there better be a head in that package, and I, I won't ruin it. But it goes down to these very Coen Brothers like. It just goes down these crazy, crazy. He doesn't really uh, try to kill him, though, does he? Yeah, he kind of goes nuts at the end. Of this. Remember, at the end, he, he goes had, nuts in that place at the end. And well, kinda... yeah, he ends up setting not, not to go too far, but uh, before everything goes crazy. John Goodman shows back up with a sawed-off shotgun and a, a thing of gasoline and some matches, and he just... No good can come from that. And he's, like, <laughs> screaming at the top of his lungs and just... He went places that John Goodman normally didn't go, and you were excited to see him go there, so... Barton Fink, man. But let me tell you, so... I've got this list pulled up of Roger Deakins' as the cinematography, and I can mention some of his other stuff uh, that he's done. Uh, this will just show you how great of a uh, director of photography he was. So his first movie was Barton Fink. I'll just run through a list here. Thunderheart, Hudsucker Proxy, The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, wow. How he didn't win the award for that is fucking uh, yeah. ridiculous. But then again, that was the same year as Pulp Fiction and uh, Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah. I bet Forrest Gump Forrest won. Gump fucked it up for everybody. It really yeah, did. Yeah, no, it really did. Yeah. Uh, and Not then saying I don't like it. After oh, that, I love it, but... So he did Shawshank Redemption, Dead Man Walking, Fargo, Courage Under Fire, The Big Lebowski, The Siege... Uh, Hurricane, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, The Man Who Wasn't There, Beautiful Mind, Intolerable Cruelty, House in Sand and Fog, uh, Lady Killers, The Village, Jarhead, No Country for Old Men. Jesus. Uh, the Assassination of Jesse James Jarhead. by the Coward Robert Ford. I never really got good. to see that one. Uh, Doubt, Revolutionary Road, uh, True Grit, um, Skyfall. That's interesting. He, they he had him for a Bond movie, movie man. Wow. I never knew that he was the Skyfall. Prisoners, which is one of my favorite Hugh Jackman uh, 
movies. Uh, Sicario. He did the first Sicario. Oh wow. Uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Wow. And he's got two. What's he doing now? Two upcoming ones. <laughs> one called The Goldfinch and one called nineteen seventeen. Not sure what nineteen seventeen's got to be World War One. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's Barton Fink. Check it out. It's really good. Hell All right, yeah. Justin, what you got for your? Uh... I don't even need to look at the list. Oh, I'm going to raise in Arizona. Oh. Boom. <laughs> You get the best deal here, or my name ain't Nathan Arizona. <laughs> it's funny, too. This is probably one of my least favorite Cohen uh, movies. And it's really? Just, it's not only and one of my I get, favorite Cohen, it's one I, of my favorite I comedies. know I should keep my mouth shut. Because, yeah. <laughs> like... The people who love it, love it. Oh, yeah. oh like Mendoza, my buddy Johnny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This was literally... One, if he didn't quote it once in, the, in any random day that we were hanging out <laughs> yeah. I would think something was wrong <laughs> if, if he had seen it a hundred times I would probably think he's not counting a lot of the times that he's <laughs> yeah this was funny man this was a great great picture for both uh, Nicolas Cage Holly Hunter John Goodman William Forsythe damn who am I missing that, that guy that you like that played the biker uh, oh Randall yeah, Randall Tex Cobb, man. Randall Randall Craig Cobb. I call him Craig. That's yeah. weird. It's uh, Tex. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that might be his real name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Francis always... McDermott. Francis isn't McDermott. It? And with Sam Holly McMurray, Hunt. that's one of my oh, favorite. Honey, uh, so oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the guy that's next to Randall Tex Cobb from the Tracy Ellman show. What's his name there? Uh, let's see, Sam McMurray, and then T.J. Coon. Sam McMurray, uh, yeah. one that didn't, the one that didn't didn't get do a Simpsons. voice in The Simpsons. Yeah. Simpsons, that's not gonna go anywhere. Yeah, that's yeah, stupid. Gonna watch The Simpsons. He's like, I got enough work to do with this <laughs> show. I'm not gonna do be part of that. Tracy I don't know Ellman's if that was gonna go on forever. Arguably, man. I didn't yeah. know. I don't know how that if that's how it went down, but right. I'm sure he pissed. He's pissed. Um, it is. We're in the middle of uh, what was that movie? Hey, if we lose power, when I they... don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> What's that movie with Chris Slater when they and when they rob the Brinks truck? Oh, Hard Rain. Hard Rain. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking maybe like the Perfect Storm. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> it, it is coming down. On that. Um, yeah, Emmett uh, M Emmett Walsh is in this one too. Damn, who did he play in this? I, I'm looking it up right now. Damn it says up. Machine Shop. Guy, oh like, yeah, he was, he was the one that kept laughing uncontrollably while uh, it, uh, what's his name was working for him. Uh, so yeah, let's tell the kind of uh, the premise here of uh, raising Arizona man. So you got uh, Nicholas Cage who basically is just a career criminal. Yep. Um, and he's in and out of jail over and over. Um, he plays high. Hi. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> um, and Holly Hunter plays Ed. Um, and she works at the jail. Turn to the right. Yep. <laughs> turn to the left. You know, and so she like, just takes his picture every time. Every he gets time. Booked and yeah. He, total and, career. And criminal. and he just he just flirts with her, yep. uh, respectively, yeah. every time he comes in there. You know. I love the parole board that we get to see in between these scenes with him and her. Yeah. You're what we call a career criminal, huh? Yeah. Have you learned your lesson? Yeah. Are you telling us what we want to hear? Well, I, I guess I am. Don't yeah. don't you say that. Yeah. <laughs> and then he fit, All right then. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so they they end up getting married, um, and they want to start a family. But uh, I think Holly Hunter is unable to have children. Barren, I think, is how he puts it. I'm barren, (laughs) Hyde. Yeah, like, um, and so, uh, oh, what's the what's the name of the guy who was the father? 
of the of the the furniture oh, the, guy Nathan Arizona yeah. Yeah, yeah I can't remember who that guy was he, I've yeah. seen him in several things too stuff. Uh, damn I just recently saw him in something he was really good yeah I'll have uh, to look that up because he's yeah, great he's really good in this he for me a lot of the great comedic moments are those lines that he says absolutely uh, so yeah I guess you go right into the meat of it of what they end up deciding to do since they can't have kids they decide to uh, I mean kid, what everybody kidnap, else would ever do kidnap too. one I mean that's yeah. what you would do the, really the quince is what it did they have they like find seven out they or have eight five. kids five kids yeah, five. is it only five I think so yeah only five yeah. five <laughs> all at the same time yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's Trey Wilson. I don't think he's alive anymore. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it looks like it's an old black and white photo of him. Yeah, he must have been in... I know I've seen him in other movies. What the hell? He died before. in 1989. Wow, he must have died right after this movie came That's out. That's crazy. Yeah. I know I've seen him in other stuff. That's my name ain't Nathan Arizona. Oh, God, man. I love when, uh, uh, while I'm getting ahead of ourselves, we could tell a little bit about the... Uh, the because it's one of the more uh, fun scenes, and it's so weird how it could a kidnapping a child be such a fun scene to watch oh, yeah yeah but they like literally pull out uh they pull their car next to the house where they he takes a ladder and has to go up but it's that yeah it's that holly hunter thing uh because he goes up there once and it doesn't go out well and, and nicholas cage comes back kinda yeah with cold feet and everything. yeah he's like don't you come back without a baby yeah. they got more than they can handle yeah and, uh, he has to go up there and there's a great scene where they kind of he has them he's trying each he's one of them out corralling he, right he yeah literally it's, it's like he's getting a puppy they're running at the pound too. yeah and he wants to know the which one kind of fits with him the most so he's he's holding all of them and some of them are escaping to go down the stairs yeah and nathan arizona and his wife are downstairs hearing noises and looking up at the ceiling but yeah. never deciding to go up there right uh and it's a great scene where they uh well they, like one of them starts going down the hallway yeah, yeah. and escapes yeah. from the room one of them jumps off the thing onto his ass <laughs> yeah. while he's trying to crawl one of the other ones yeah. so it's a really fun scene. it is really funny but he decides to steal nathan jr nathan jr and, uh, i got the best one i got the best one. <laughs> oh, he's beautiful. oh he's beautiful he's so beautiful <laughs> oh he's got a criminal look in his eye no he's a sweet boy yeah <laughs> so yeah they start their family and everything's gonna go all right until uh the next morning hits and uh the wife finds out that the baby's missing yes and that's my favorite scene where the cops are there interviewing him and he is just so frustrated <laughs> yeah. with the cops. What, was he what was he wearing yeah, he's wearing? <laughs> he wearing a dinner suit what do you think he was wearing he was wearing jammies that had yodas and shit on it yeah <laughs> Uh, Rebri, they're they're fingerprinting him at the time, and he ends up grabbing his uh his his expensive jacket or something. Uh-huh. They're like, man, you're gonna want to wipe your hands at this point, sir. Yeah, and he's got all the ink all over. His yeah, so oh it's my just gosh. Funny, man. Yeah, he ends up hiring Randall Tex Cobb. Yep, uh, who's this was one of the first movies they actually used a. F- or did a flat-out metaphor for yeah. shit. Uh-huh. And uh, they did that a lot in their movies, uh, in their future movies, but kind of, there was a lot of symbolism in this movie, mm-hmm. and not as much as, say, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, where it was like... The Odyssey. The, the Odyssey yeah. was obvious what they were doing. Yeah. And this one, because he, he kind of hired this... Uh, you almost thought was like a, a a demon from hell. Yeah, no, he was like an angel of death. An angel of death. Yeah, yeah. It's probably a better uh, representation of that. Yeah. And because uh, he killed the fucking cute and fuzzy bunny yeah. with a fucking <laughs> hand grenade, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> one of those things. scenes where they yeah. threw something in. It was like, what? The yeah, hell is going on here, man. It was fun, man. What was yeah. your favorite scene in this? I, honestly, it might be the scene with the. I, I think it's the dream. The sequence. dream sequence. That's I, right. Yeah, I, I think it really is, just because like I. I always, Great narration and yeah, yeah, I've always been fascinated with that character and that scene and like 
you know, metaphorically, there's yeah. one of those coming for all of us, yeah, yeah. you know, like it's just... You do the wrong thing, karma's coming, man. Yeah, you know. I love the scene with Francis McDermott and the guy from the Tracy Ellman show. Oh, show yeah, up, yeah. And he's, he, during all this that's going on, he breaks to him that they're swingers <laughs> and everything. Remember it, uh, Nicholas Cage gets so pissed off, punches him in the face. I'll sue you. I'll yeah. sue you. Crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but I love you stay the hell away from me. <laughs> yeah. Remember oh, the unruly kids? Oh, yeah. Oh, like yeah. Roaring on the walls yes. and shooting him oh, in, my in the God. crotch with the water uh, pistol. With the water yeah. pistol. <laughs> <laughs> been, robbing the storm. Oh, oh, yeah. I'll take Son, those huggies and uh, all the cash you got. You got a, you got <laughs> a panty on your head. On yeah. <laughs> you got a panty on head. Or even uh, Holly Hunter getting pissed and getting out of the passenger seat and pointing at him as he's robbing the place. You son of a bitch! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving him and, come on, Junior, we got to go rescue Daddy. Yeah. and um, We should know, mention John Goodman and William Forsythe's character, too. Oh, yeah, too, absolutely. They, we see them escape from jail. and uh, Yeah, and and very similar to the Shawshank Redemption yep. where they, you know, the rebirth Tunnel through the rough. mud. Yeah, yeah like... Yep. And the scream, and he's like, he I'm crawled through ten miles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, it was um, a fun movie, man. And it was I, a balls out comedy, but it had a lot, a lot of layers to it. I love it like where they're. Onion. I love where. Yeah. Or an ogre. Yeah. <laughs> I love where they're. Yeah. I love where they're sitting at the table eating the Rice Krispies. And like uh, William Forsythe, oh, yeah. the milk is just spilling, and he's just shoveling, and like oh. it's just. It's, Do you remember the conversation he's having? I, I don't Wait, remember. Uh, She's feeding the baby. She says, you should breastfeed him. He'll hate you when you're older. Oh, He'll breastfeed yeah. him. <laughs> and she's like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> Your friend's got to leave. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, their characters are great. They even try and steal the baby. Yeah. You know? Remember they leave it on the roof? Yeah. The roof of the, uh, oh they leave gosh. it on the, the highway. Remember? Yes, yes. And they get so they, out and they realize they have that they, great shot with the guy on the motorcycle coming towards the baby. Yeah. Yep. And the cars coming the other direction. Just grabs the baby him. And, Give me my baby, you warthog from hell. Yeah. <laughs> so great lines it this. is. All right, Raising Arizona. Check it out. All right, Dave, what you got? Uh, this one was not a comedy at all. <laughs> no Country for Old Men. Oh, uh, no, that is not a comedy Not a at comedy. All. Not sure there was a funny moment. Maybe Woody Harrelson said something funny in it. Yeah, when he was talking about the plague. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bubonic plague. Uh, is he dangerous compared to what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, this was hey, from uh, the really famous no, I book the character this was a really famous oh, was it book. A famous book the same guy who did the road this did they was adapt mccarthy did, maybe did they adapt the screenplay or was it a i think the, they did the guy that wrote no the book no I, I think i think the coen brothers took this and made it their own uh it, i'm hadn't read the book i think mom read the book and she said I, I hate to knock the author but everything that he's done i think people have said the movie has been better like oh, the, wow. the, because, just because it's really long and hard to get through, like the, the like road a was, novel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it's like great author, I'm sure. And he's but if you're not into slow, idea, but if you're not into hearing him talk, you don't about want to hear 27 pages of what the house decor, decor <laughs> yeah. looks like. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a shelf to the corner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can't do that. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> All right, so tell us a little bit about this because it was a great story. Great it's story. a great story. So it starts out with uh, Josh Brolin's character is uh, he's just a simple Texas dude who's out hunting. I think he's hunting. It's like an elk character. Uh, elk hunter. Well, the, the animal's kind of like an elk. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. But very um, Texas guy. He, he was out hunting and so he shoots an elk and he's walking to try to because it ran away after it he's right. tracking it to see where it went to and mm. died and while he does it he sees down in the valley of the ridge that he's on he sees like what looks like a, a giant 
Mexican standoff shootout. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, bunches of vehicles, and you can see because he has a scope, but then he goes down to investigate what it is, and there's just, there's dead bodies, there's guns everywhere, Everybody's there's dead. vehicles everywhere, there's, there's bullet like holes and dead everything, animals, dead, dead dogs, yeah, pit yeah. bulls on the yeah. ground. And uh, jackpot! And I would have, I would have loved to have seen that played out, you know. And oh like, yeah! Oh my god! In like a flashback. Oh my god! That would have been great. Because, yeah. uh, but uh, to argue with it, they saved a shitload of money. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but they did a lot of detail. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah. but the, he he pulls a tarp back on one of the truck, and it's a shit ton of heroin. Yep. Oh, and fuck. he goes up to the front seat, and he opens the door, and one of the dudes still alive. That's right. That's right. And the guy is asking him for water, and he's like, I "Ain't got no water." And he's like, where's the ultimate hombre? Where's the last man standing? Yeah. He's like, there's got to be one guy because there wasn't any money there. Yeah. Uh-huh. So and it, he was like trying to think to himself. He's like, okay, where would I go if I had money and had to get out of here? He's yeah. like, I'd head that way. And he finds a tree like in the middle of nowhere. He's like, I'd stop and take a rest there. Yeah. He's a and tracker. He's so a tracker. It, it worked and well. Yeah, he finds the guy. And the guy's already dead. He was shot and he just walked away and died. And this is a big their, satchel full of money. Their simple plan. You know, yeah. this, this is really interesting. I never had thought of the comparisons between this and yeah. simple plan. And there actually huh. is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> if you had just yeah. taken the money, put it in a duffel bag, or buried, buried it, it in, in the backyard. backyard yeah. Two years from now, come shit, revisit. five years from now. Yeah. Live rough. Who gives a shit? You know yeah. how it's going to be in five years. Move. I can eat ramen <laughs> noodles for five years. Yeah. Or just get in a car. Throw a dart at a map yep. and go to that city. See ya. That's the only way you... It has to be random to yeah. you. And then burn the map so and then there's burn not a the dart map. in a hole. And don't use yeah. credit cards. Cut don't, your credit cards up. Fuck yep. yeah, use only cash, cash. And, and when the movie came out, it, it, I think it was still... I don't know if it's just that Texas is behind the times. No, it does seem like that when you... Uh, yeah, Because they were using a tracker to... For the satchel, because mm. the problem that's is, true, that's true. and it was like one of those old school trackers. Yeah, if you find a whole bunch of money, take it out of the case that it's yeah, in. For real. It, was, it was like under the second level of bills. There yeah. was a big giant tracker right. that was homing in on yeah. telling him take where. The, uh, take the uh, the bills out of their things. Yeah. You know, w- wear a sheet over you to yeah. block that blue paint that's gonna come <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so he goes home. He uh, and it was funny because yeah, this is the funny part. He walks in and his wife's like. What you got there? Uh, his name was the game uh, of the Llewellyn. L. Llewellyn. What you got oh, yeah. there, Llewellyn? Satchel full of money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was great in this movie. She's Irish in real life. So that accent she was using was like spot on for like yeah, this kind of good. Texas accent. She huh. was great in Boardwalk Empire. So, and Train Spotting. She right. was that cute girl from Train Spotting. Oh, yeah. Callie McDonald, I think her name is. Yeah, she's really good. So, true to Coen Brothers' form, here's the moment where. You could make a bad decision, or you could make a good decision. Right. And he wakes up in the middle of the night. And makes a bad decision. And makes a bad decision <laughs> of bringing the guy that was dying in the uh, truck water. It drove the audience nuts while you're watching. Yeah, why would you why do that? Why are you like, doing That guy this? died four hours ago, or yeah. seven hours ago, yeah. or whatever just fucking long ago. And he just couldn't bring it on himself. That he it really someone... kind of went against his character, too. We never saw him make another move like that, other than trying to protect his wife. Yeah. That was kind even of though, that Even though he didn't even do that. Yeah. When he was <laughs> yeah. given the opportunity It was, it was probably on. the most human like moment of the whole movie for yeah. him. Probably yeah. because it didn't go well that he decided to not yeah, do that again. Fuck That's that fuck shit. time I do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last time I'd be nice to anyone. Fool me once. <laughs> so he goes back to try to bring water, and he gets halfway out to the site, and the people who obviously want to know where their money and their drugs are show up to find the scene. Now, we haven't talked about the 
the main antagonist of the Javier movie. Barden. Javier Barden's character oh in this, God, and he probably dude. was one on my mil, my villain pod list. Yeah, I think he might have been back in the day. He, had, I think, before Night Falls was the first time I ever saw him in a movie, and he killed it in that movie, and he was nominated for it. And then after that, every movie he did, he just took next level. He was great in the Bond movie. That's uh, right. Yeah, uh, he what was, was good it in the Bond uh, movie. as the Bond villain? I can't remember what. Not wasn't Skyfall, was it? It was. Uh, was the one before Skyfall? Uh, Quan- no, it wasn't Quantum. It was the one- No. It was after... No, it was Skyfall, I think. Skyfall. Yeah, it was okay. Skyfall. Yeah. He was really good in that. So his villain character in this movie was completely he- unredeemable, I'll- except for the fact that he had honor. He was a nihilist. He believes but in nothing. He, be- he believed- No, I guess he didn't believe in luck. He yeah. believed in luck. Yeah. Like, or chance. Like chance, that's putting right. Putting things to chance. Oh, man. And uh, your introduction to him... Very is, memorable scene. Yeah. Cop pulls him over. We don't know why. We all we see is the cop driving him back to the police station and then saying, "I, I found this guy who had this weird oxygen tank with a hose hooked up to it." And it, this was a great shot because they were showing this cop on the phone, mm-hmm. and then in the background, he's got his back to Javier sitting on a bench behind him with handcuffs on. Yeah, you see Javier. Slip, you know how they Very slip calm. the cuffs. You know how you yeah. can put your hands behind your back and yeah. slip your feet under. I don't know yeah. if I can it, do that. No, it's hard. <laughs> He's like, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> but this fucker put him on too tight. This was a fucking brutal ass assault. Oh yeah, he grabs Very that calm cop too. right as he's hanging up the phone. And but what you know what made it creepy to me is, and this is probably a, a gross way of putting it, but he was strangling him, and it looked like. Javier Barden looked like it was almost orgasming him. It was that breathing he did. He like, he did a he, like he did a great like, exhale at yeah. some point where he like oh like yeah. he was like that was such a satisfying release for him yeah. to take this person's life in such a brutal fashion. Because can you imagine the tension of someone struggling yeah. for their life? I would assume oh, yeah. strangling the, someone those would take things a while. are attached to his hand, so yeah. you know they're hurting him at the same time right. as well. But his and, weapon that he used, yeah. Man, that, oh god! And I'll tell you, I I've only seen this movie like one time, and it was a long time ago. And as you're telling it, I'm remembering it, yeah. but I will never forget that fucking that thing that you know. And uh, it was like the, what they used to kill cows. Yeah, cattle, and we, yeah. it's it funny, a, captured bolt. It's funny we just oh, okay. watched that in. Uh, we just re- me and Dave just rewatched uh, it. Yeah, the, the new it, and remember the uh, the the little black kid uh, yeah. had that uh, weapon. The, he had put the CO two. Oh, that's he had right. The CO2 yeah, things in it. And remember, yeah. he only had one. This at was the end much more efficient because yeah. you had a whole goddamn tank. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and he dude. used it for like the locks on the hotel room yeah. doors, mm-hmm. and it would shoot the lock like across the yeah. room, and it yeah. was like, wow, this is a crazy cool weapon. Yeah. So um, I yeah. got to see him use it when he. So he steals the cop's car. Remember, he has to change cars, so he pulls a random person over on the side. That's the scene that I remember. But that guy had no clue what was about to happen. Nothing. Him, man. He just should boom. mention a little of uh, Woody Harrelson because uh, well, so Stephen Root. Yeah. So the group that the group hires um, Javier Barton to find the money. Yeah, that was his only job. But they they don't really trust. I don't know if they trust him or if they're worried. So they bring in Woody Harrelson to kind of like oversee or keep tabs well i think woody harrelson is the police no really steven root is the is the uh, mob, head mobster oh i, I forgot tommy lee that. tommy lee jones oh, tommy is the jones sheriff is the jones is the head uh, woody harrelson woody harrelson yeah, yeah. works Carson. for the mobster that's right that's right and uh, he didn't mention we haven't even tommy lee jones that whole scene of him going out with the guy from uh raising hope yep he's really good uh, oh, what other stuff uh, he was from that uh that gunslinger tv show that we saw 
when he sh- did, wasn't he the one that shot um, aces and aces and eights? Aces and eights. What TV show are you talking about? Uh, he was in uh, the Coward Robert Ford uh, movie. You talking about that assassin that. movie? Something aces? No. He was in the road. No. Robert who's the, the Who's the famous Wild West guy that died with aces and eights? Oh, uh, oh, yeah, you talking Deadwood. Deadwood. Oh. Yeah, 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 he, he was in Deadwood. Deadwood. Okay. He played a scumbag. He played a super scumbag. He usually doesn't. He usually plays but a likable guy. He played really likable, yeah. sort of in this, yeah. kind of a bumbling. Very green, uh-huh. but yeah. Very green. And, but everything with Tommy Lee Jones was like really slow, and he had like a folksy wisdom to him. I feel like ended uh-huh. on him, too. And he, he was the narrator. Yeah, yeah. For most of the movie, too, which was kind of cool. But uh, so he's trying to solve the, he's trying to solve the crime, and he she he finds out that Llewellyn is part of it. So he goes and sees the wife and's like gives know, gives him some options. I know? can get you out of this, uh, but you can what have to give me the money or something, right? No, well, I'm talking about Tommy Lee Jones oh, okay, wants yeah. to help too. But then, so Llewellyn sends his wife to like stay with his her mother, sister or mother? Yeah, it's her mother. Like yeah, mother. And um, he goes on the lam, and there's that great scene. He checks in the hotel. He gives the desk clerk a hundred bucks. Says, "Call me if someone else yeah, checks re- in." Really great scene. The stuff in the hotel. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. Out and of there. that that scene where he shows up upstairs, and you can hear him walking down the hall, and he's sitting on the edge of the bed, and he knows there's going to be an ambush. Yeah, almost like Bart, almost like a Miller's Crossing. Like he sees him, and then he captured bolt blows out that. Door lock and it hits him right in the fucking chest. Damn! Remember, it puts that huge hole in him. Man, it was creepy. I, I let's not tell the very, very ending. But <laughs> my favorite scene of the whole thing is so, so he jumps out the window. Um, Javier Barton's character chases him out through the streets. Yeah. Remember, he gets in the car and the Javier Barton shoots the driver of the car that he jumps in. The guy was going to help him. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And so he runs out. He's got a gun. Javier Barton ends up getting shot in the leg. Mm-hmm. So, but Har- uh, Javier Barton, um, what's his name? Brolin's character gets away. Yeah. Javier Barton has to, remember he has to oh, go to Oh, he's got to the, sew himself up. He's got to sew oh, himself yeah, up. That's right, yeah. And it was really cool the way he did it. He goes to this pharmacy and he, he takes a piece of his t-shirt and he snakes snakes it in the gas tank and gets it wet with the gasoline and then drapes it out of the gas tank and lights it. Mm-hmm. And so waits a few seconds and the car blows up yeah and as everybody in the pharmacy rushes out to see yeah. he just walks past everybody yeah and goes to the counter grabs his <laughs> yeah, all grabs all the he needs. stuff he needs and goes yeah. to the hotel and all watching him fucking pull the bullet out of his leg oh. and sew himself up it's like was, terminator cutting out his eye yeah, it was man. it was really good what's similar to this than a lot of the coen brothers movies too is a lot of these villains or bad guys have no uh concept of uh bystanders <laughs> is it bystanders? they tell them about the gas station people scene. are like, that was a good scene yeah well that was a thing that turned out all right for one of the bystanders that could have gone the wrong way yeah. you know where harvey Barden just showed up at the gas station and uh basically fucking with the clerk yeah and just uh asks him to uh call a coin flip and it's done in such a creepy way that you're you're wondering if he lost this coin flip is he is he just gonna kill this guy yeah because and Which the guy's kind of feeling he was going to it was oh, a yeah. great scene because the guy's you know he's he says i i need to stand and i need to know what i stand to lose before i kind of call this and he's uh harvey Barton's just being cryptic and creepy yeah. with it yeah and you, and you realize <laughs> that if he that coin flip had gone the wrong way that guy probably yeah. would have not left that day yeah <laughs> and but he does 
the same thing. He to does. The wife. We see him do At it several end, times, man. And with uh, the coin flip, it's a creepy character, man. It's yeah. really well done. And yeah, in that scene at. The car crash scene at the end is one of those ones we didn't need it. Yeah, but it was kind of cool. It was good to have. <laughs> All right, so the next one I'll take. I'll get a little. I'll get it back to being the, a little bit of a comedy here. These last four we got on here are all comedies, but one that I always loved the second I saw because it was so unique uh, was the Hudsucker Proxy. <laughs> Yep. Whole lot of hoopla. Whole lot of hoopla. It's, you know, for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> that great image that I always think of when I think of the Hudsucker Proxy is Tim Robbins with that stupid look on his face, hold a piece of paper up with just yeah. this, like you Like drawing. you're supposed to know what it like means. Like a circle drawn. And that was the joke between it. He was like, hey, what are you working on? Oh, it's right here. And, <laughs> and assuming everyone's going to be like, oh my God, that's brilliant. Why yeah. did we think of that? It's, it's a circle on a piece of paper, dude. And they kind of held that until the middle of the movie until you realize what the hell that actually was. And right. It was the... This whole movie was kind of a weird way of telling the uh, completely fictionalized version of how the hula hoop got made. Right. <laughs> you yeah. didn't realize that yeah. going into the movie what it was about because basically you're following this uh, this huge conglomerate. What's the word? Conglomerate uh, company that gives a shit about none of their workers and it's run by. Uh, I thought they just call it uh, a company. Yeah, I guess. It's <laughs> uh, but you've got the. Paul Newman character, yeah, who that yeah they don't That's give right. a shit. Forget Paul. He's oh, great he is too. So funny. Yeah, in this he's movie, great. Man. Really good in this movie. Yeah. And what happens is one of the people on the board, uh, they have that great boardroom table that's on the fiftieth floor yeah. or something like that, or even maybe even higher than that. And uh, he decides out of nowhere during one of the meetings to run down the boardroom table and launch himself out through the window. Well, it's because of a stock and, crash, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. He just couldn't stand it, and so he killed himself. And so they realize, well, we need a new president of this company and everything. Yeah. And Paul Newman's pulling a lot of strings because he's not. Uh, I think that for some reason he's not allowed to be the president at this point. He's probably the chair. So his only option mm-hmm. at this point is to find the perfect puppet to put in there and pull the strings and have him do whatever he uh, did and do a bad enough job, actually. I think that was his main angle. They wanted someone to do so bad that they would... uh, that he either would be in charge or it would uh, fuck the stock up so well. Liquidate the company. And, and liquidate or the company and make money off of it. And uh, what happens is the opposite. They, right. they decide, let's get the, the first idiot we can find from the mailroom. Call the mailroom, get the biggest idiot we can find up here. And uh, hello, Tim <laughs> Robbins walking yeah. the door. <laughs> and and from the get go, you could tell he's an idiot. Remember, he sets the wastebasket on fire and then gets his foot stuck in the wastebasket yeah. yes. trying to put it out. That's and then he's right. like hobbling all over Paul Newman's uh, office with the, his foot on fire. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this guy's going to be this guy's gonna be a winner. We yeah. the right <laughs> and they explained to him, we want you to be the president of the company. We want the, the common man. He sells it in a type of way you're like what yeah to anyone else they would have been like yeah okay you talk to my lawyer yeah Uh, but tim robbins is like hook line and sinker and then you've got the uh jennifer jason lee character who's that really wise cracking tony shalhoub dialogue uh actress that plays the investigative reporter that wants to know why did you hire this moron out of the uh, mailroom and she kind of falls in love with him and everything but she immediately also realizes yeah he's an idiot (laughs) (laughs) Uh, some of the great stuff with them though uh one of my favorite scenes is when she punches him in the face. Do you remember that random scene where he invites her to go out for dinner? He said, would you like to go out to dinner and see uh, 
and see the king and I, and she, for some other random reason that he's not aware of, she punches him in the face. And he thinks it's because of what he offered to go do. He said, so she quickly punches him in the face, and without missing a beat, uh, you hear Tim Robbins say, "Well, how about Oklahoma?" <laughs> Such a great uh, thing. One of my other favorite moments was this when one of the other board members decides he's going to kill himself because he and he stands up on the table. He says, "I'm getting off this gravy train" or something like that, and runs down and runs at the glass yeah. but it doesn't break and he just yeah. slides down and calls him like plexiglass yeah. <laughs> really funny man but that yeah not until stuff. the whole movie kind of takes a turn where he uh introduces his idea that he's been showing everyone for years the circle on the piece of paper yeah and it turns out to be the friggin' hula hoop which becomes a like in real life this is probably the only thing that's real as the hula hoop came out and it became a phenomenon right yeah and uh there's your great line that he says uh when he's in front of the people i love his reaction when he says the line that he doesn't realize it's going to get a laugh and right he kind of gets back and yeah they're no. asking him why would they put you in charge he's He's obviously he's got brilliant ideas, and remember he's trying to come up with alternative ideas. Well, and he steals an idea from somebody. Yeah. What does he steal? Is it like a spinny straw or I something can't like remember. that? I, rem- I remember it. Was n- that? Was it the slinky? Maybe it was. I can't I remember. remember. No, that was big, so it had to have been something that failed. I can't remember what it was. Uh, one of my favorite random scenes too. That, uh, oh, I oh, think it that might have was been it. A, it. I think that was it. Like that. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite scenes was with Paul Newman, and it's when he gets knocked out of a window, and he's hanging from uh, he's hanging from like his suit uh-huh. on the side of the building, oh, okay. and it does this great Coen Brothers flashback where it takes him back to him doing a favor for one uh, one person. Uh, that's like his tailor. And remember, he's like, uh, I'm going to give you a double stitch. Usually I give people single stitch. Yeah. You I give a double stitch yeah. for, and that's why it's holding on there and everything. But <laughs> then it cuts to Paul Newman like saying, no, I don't want a double stitch. I don't need a double stitch and everything. And then you know that, that his, his jacket's going <laughs> to fall. Ya. Yeah. <laughs> really Always fun, get man. the double stitch. Always. There was a John Mahoney was in this. It had a whole great cast of random people that were also uh, big Coen brother actors that were just really funny in it. So... I'm like a proxy. Yeah. All right, I'll X this off. <laughs> and uh, you got three big ones, man. All right. Well, if it's going to be big, then we'll go with The Big Lebowski. Oh. Want the money, Never Lebowski? Seen it. <laughs> <laughs> nice moment. I'm the dude, man. Yeah, I know. We should. This one, we should just go around the table and just quote. Obviously, you're for not six, a golfer. For like six straight minutes, let's just quote fucking Big Lebowski because, oh man, I, I think so one of my favorite things about this movie, like, is what's his what's his favorite drink that he's uh, always drinking? White Russian. White Russian. White Russian. Yeah. He's he's just drinking those in. Every scene yeah. through the entire Careful, movie. Careful, man. We have a beverage here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll suck your dick for $1,000. Brett has to pay $100. Yeah. <laughs> gotta go to a cash I gotta go find a cash machine. Yeah. <laughs> this was, because this was one of those comedies that was on the level of a stoner movie, but uh-huh. also kind of a really smart indie flick, mm-hmm. but had so many random scenes in it, too. <laughs> Why don't you tell us what the premise of it is? Well, I mean, it, it's... it's Miss, a, missing identity, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, case good, missing yeah. identity. Yeah. And, or uh, mistaken identity. Yep. Right. Um, so basically, um, who is, who's the boss that thinks Le, that about the dude is, you know, the other guy? Oh, his... The that, one that he owes money to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what his uh, the boss spot. Oh, Jackie Treehorn? Is that who talking is? about? Yeah, that was uh, the guy from uh, Roadhouse. 
Oh yeah, that that's bad right. Guy from Roadhouse, Jackie Treehorn. He's kind of Tara Reid's character owed him money. That like she was in. A she porno was movie. she was in the porno movie with him. But basically, you've got uh, it, it starts out with introducing introducing us to the dude, you know, being uh, yeah. narrated by Sam Elliott and everything, and kind of all stems from. Uh, from the guy from Lost uh, busting through the door and uh, sticking his head in the toilet, remember? Oh, yeah. I had that great line. He's like, where's the money, Lebowski? He's like, it's down there someplace. <laughs> 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 he sticks his head back under, but... That shit's great. They could piss on his rug. Uh, yeah. on oh, your yeah. fucking rug? Oh, your man. Your fucking rug. That really tied the room together, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Did it not. The, the <laughs> dynamic between those three... Yeah, that, that's really where the like lot of the Finishing each other's sentences in. and then John... Um, Belushi... Um, John, uh, yeah, Tatura? John Goodman and John uh, Goodman just getting yeah. pissed uh, at the Buscemi. ex-Vietnam vet oh, yeah, still dude. living in the war, basically, and Steve Buscemi who plays the whipping boy that uh, John Goodman just screams, yeah. "Shut the fuck up, Donnie!" Yeah, <laughs> oh, shit, you're like a child wandering <laughs> in the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> and then John Turturro's character, he's oh, kind yeah. of the, the Jesus. The Jesus. Jesus, don't fuck with the Jesus. Yeah. Eight-year-olds, dude. My one of my friends, Jose. Well, this is probably this is one, one of his, his favorite, favorite movies. movies. He loved ever. to quote movies too. And God, this in Weird Science, yeah. he would quote <laughs> daily. Yeah, yeah, daily. He did daily. 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 He loved him. Like if we saw a dude hitting on a girl that looked way younger than he should be yeah. hitting on, we'd always just look at each other and go, eight-year-olds do." <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you mean the one with the big titties? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Tell us either some of your favorite scenes or you could tell some plot stuff because this is one of the movies where probably most people have seen the Big Oh, Lebowski. yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, like you said, it's a case of mistaken identity and somebody thinks that uh, the dude is Lebowski, um, who in actuality is David Huddleston. Yep. Um, Who's been in a bunch of different movies. Yeah, he's in he's some really good, good stuff. Um <laughs> Yeah, and I, I I really like uh, Steve Buscemi's character. I have to just say that, like, <laughs> yeah, like he, he's I, I don't even know how to describe him, but he's great. Um, and so basically, it's the back and forth, the miscommunication of David. You know, eventually Jeff Bridges is trying to get David Huddleston to just pay the money, and he's just like, no, I'm not going to yeah. pay the money, you know. And uh, I, I I don't know I. Don't, it goes kind of next level, though, uh, because remember, like you said, he just wants the money, or he wants his rug, really. Right, and then yeah. He ends up stealing one from yeah, anyway. yeah. He said, I but, can have any rug, yeah. any rug. <laughs> yeah. But then the movie takes a huge shift when Philip Seymour Hoffman calls uh, uh, Jeff Bridges in there and tells him, hey, we want you to be the middleman. Uh, yeah, the bag man. The Big Lebowski's uh, wife was kidnapped, and uh, they're asking for a ransom and everything, and we want you to be the bag man to go in right. there. And then he complicates it more by involving Walter, oh, the John God. Goodman character. Yeah. <laughs> it's my dirty The whites. The whites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, had great uh, music during that scene, too, where uh, uh, they played that, uh, ton run, of, that Run Through the Jungle by yeah. CCR. A uh, ton of little tiny characters. Um, Flea. What's her name? <laughs> Flea. <laughs> Peter Stamori. He's Stamori, but also, uh, also Julian Joe Paluto. Julian Moore. Julian Joe Moore. Paluto. Oh, yeah. Julian Moore, yeah. who had that weird scene when she was that naked really on the harness. That guy from and Fargo. The, the yeah. guy from, that looked like John Waters. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the guy from Fargo season three. He was okay. amazing. And uh, David Thewlis. He David was in Thewlis. the Harry Potter movies. He was so funny, and that was a random character he, film. He was in one movie we liked when he was on heroin. He was in Dragonheart. Uh... I don't know what movie it was when he was on heroin. <laughs> uh, this also had the classic Coen Brothers, this scene does not belong here with oh, his, uh, the, his landlord. Yeah. 
to an interpretive dance. I'm doing an interpretive dance. Or also, even the scene, to a certain extent, the scene where they have to go, uh, do you see what happens, Larry? Do you see what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or they show up because they think he We found his homework in the Lebowski's car when they got it. Yeah, because the Lebowski's lose the You got any leads? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We got a team working around the clock. No no word on the Credence, though. Got to work in a shit. No, that was Duke. Yeah, no Duke word was on in the that credence, scene though. that you're talking about from oh, yeah. uh, Rocky V. Hit me out soon. That's right. It was just one scene after another of oh. just comic gold, man. And it probably is, if you had to make a list of the top ten most quotable movies, <coughs> Big Lebowski has to be on there because oh, yeah. it's just one scene after another. All the way down to where they got to scatter uh, <coughs> his ashes and they, just because we're bereaved doesn't mean we're saps. Yeah. <laughs> our, most our, modest our most modest receptacle. Yeah. Receptacle, yeah. And then next the time you see him can. there in a coffee, coffee can. can. Oh, yep. God. So funny, yeah. man. Yeah, really if I get, when movie. I get cremated, bring a Folgers coffee can. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a Maxwell House one right yeah. there. Bring Maxwell House. Don't pay <laughs> fucking six grand for <laughs> a, a chalice urn. Oh, I want to be God. spread anyway. So. Yeah. All right, Dave, what'd you got? Um... Probably my second favorite Coen Brothers movie. I'm surprised that I got left this one, but Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, oh yeah, great man, really and, good, uh, super stylistic. I just love the the feel that this movie they, had. They washed it had it like up. A they, golden... they did like a digital wash to yeah. it. I saw a whole documentary on yep. how they did it, and it really mm-hmm. did give it that kind of Dust Bowl Middle America kind of look. Perfect to it. feel to the time period. The that they soundtrack to was almost a character in the movie. I heard. Oh, yeah. It's funny because. Well, it was two days ago. I have a, I have a bunch of stations on Pandora for different moods yeah. that I'm in. One of them is, is like, um, it's uh, Bruce Hornsby in the range. Yeah. So they play a lot of uh, uh, Don Henley. Yeah, yeah. But they had this song on. Interesting. There. Man of Constant Some, Sorrow. Yeah. 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 Man of Constant Sorrow. Yeah. That's weird. That's a really good. That. This was one of those soundtracks that came out that you knew people who owned it that did not listen to that type of music, but for some reason yeah. they really or liked it. I knew people yeah. like, they had like never you, seen you the movie. To a lot of rap, or my uh, friend who uh, listened to a lot of heavy metal would uh, love the freaking album. Man. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's it, crazy. I think it won a lot of awards too. So yeah, this was basically a retelling of the Odyssey. Yeah, and all the characters that were in the Odyssey. You know, mm. you've got John Goodman playing the Cyclops. You got the the women playing the sirens down by the river. Yeah. You yeah, got the blind man on the river. On the, the crossroads. Who the, yep, who sells his soul to learn how to play, oh, the, play the fiddle guitar. or yeah. whatever I wasn't it was. Using the guitar. It anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Come, the kind of the five dollars sing his can. Yeah. Yeah. Root was so great in that man. Not since like Office Space, Office Space, have we seen him play a character That's like right. that? So mm-hmm. it was really interesting yeah. to see him do that. Jimmy character. James, yeah, <laughs> always be Jimmy James. Uh, but this all centered around, you know, those uh, they were uh, chain gang yep. kind yeah. of characters. You got John Turturro, George Clooney, and Tim get, uh, Blake Nelson. He wanted yeah. to get. He had to get. They were going to flood the valley of his home, mm-hmm. and I think he had a wedding ring there that he wanted to give to the woman that he lost out on holly hunter wasn't yeah, it yeah his yeah. wife he had like three kids four With her, kids yeah like, kids, but she moved yeah. on because he went to jail right and uh he's like i'm bona fide yeah <laughs> <laughs> but george clooney uh, if you don't realize how much of a, a comedic sensibility he has this is oh a yeah movie to watch one of my favorite comedic scenes probably if, if i had to make a list of my my top 50 comedic scenes it's when he jumps on 
to the uh, the cargo train oh, that's going yeah. on. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. He looks at him. He says, any guy Smitty's? Because he's still got the chain attached to his yeah. leg. And uh. John Turturro and Tim Blake are running along yeah. the chain. But George Clooney gets up there, and they're trying to keep up with him. And everything. Yeah. Tim Blake Nelson slips, uh. and they all fall. And him sliding down and sliding off the But the train, look on his face. And the look on his face was yeah. so freaking funny. Yeah. <laughs> or him arguing with the, the Palme guy. Yeah. The Dapper Dan. I'm a Dapper Dan man. <laughs> Go for Everett. Oh, there was a lot of great The curiosity of my hunger. <laughs> the dialogue was crazy in this, but so fitting. And then you've got yep. the uh, the Charles Durning stuff with the uh, the clan. Yeah. They, uh, oh, yeah. The sacred yeah. ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> I happen to know for a fact that these boys interrupted a sacred ceremony <laughs> earlier tonight. <laughs> so funny. The John Goodman character the John comes, Goodman comes character in like in the great. middle of the movie. Well, before that, remember, because <laughs> we should mention. to a horde. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> at, at one point point they just meet these three women at the uh at the lake and they yeah, all yeah. kind of like that song uh, was good too yeah really good song oh, yeah. they kind yeah. of mesmerize them till they end up passing out one of them was that uh, girl with the crazy eyes uh, she's in a bunch of movies. i don't think that's her oh you know yeah that's Farusa Bach. she had crazy yeah, eyes but she did have crazy eyes uh <laughs> i know her as the crazy eye girl apparently i knew who you were mm. talking about <laughs> yeah but uh yeah, they, uh, the John Turturro character just, like, disappears. So Tim Blake Nelson reasonably thinks he must well, have been... Well, his clothes are on the ground, That's and right. they pick and the clothes up, and there's a toad in his clothes. So he's like, obviously, obviously. they've turned him into a horny right. toad. <laughs> so then he's carrying him around in a box. <laughs> so that's when they meet John Goodman uh, at the restaurant, and he's... Uh, well, hey, where did they get all the money from? Was it from Stephen Root? They show up to the restaurant yeah. they do with have a some money box full of money. Yeah. Yeah. Giant box full of money. I can't oh, remember no. where they got it. It was uh, the the guy oh, from yeah. the guy man from, who wasn't uh, there was played Babyface Nelson. Yeah. Oh, out. that's oh, right. Oh, George, not the live. Yeah, stuff. That's <laughs> right. I'm back on top, boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right. Because remember, it, yeah. the money keeps flying out the windows and they're yeah. grabbing it. So yeah, they have a bunch of money, and then yeah, John Goodman screws him over him. Big Dan to the core. To the core. <laughs> <laughs> What's the problem, Big Dan? <laughs> that, that was, that was a, <laughs> with the log. Like he already hit. He already like decked like George Tim Blake Clooney. or Tim Blake Nelson. And I remember George Clooney still eating like his fried chicken. Yeah. What's the problem, Big Dan? And then yeah. he kicks him in the head, and the uh, chicken goes everywhere. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. And man. he steps on the frog. He so squishes they, it. With so his they, hand. Oh, oh yeah, he, that's like right. squeezes the and frog. Then, so they think he killed John Turturro. Yeah. <laughs> no, he thinks the money is in the uh, in the thing though. That's what's crazy. And he grabs the frog. Uh, yeah. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson's reaction when he squeezes it, squeezes the frog. No. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes all the way down to that great kind of thing where Charles they have Durin. to. Well, they have to reveal to themselves that they're the soggy oh, yeah. bottom boys, and they don't realize that they've become famous right. because of the song right. that they just it's randomly the filmed. Yep. In we didn't mention the, uh, the Daniel von Bargen character. Who played kind of the the devil? He had those black goggles. Yeah, on. that was and, he was and, great. And the blood the hounds. Hound yeah, he the guy and, that tried to kill himself. Yeah, and he lived the, he lived a year longer. Blew oh. like half his head off. Yeah, and then like, there's there's actually audio of that man. He he killed himself and uh, it didn't turn out very well. And uh, he had to live another year, kind of in. Uh, Are you going la 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 la, <laughs> yeah. la 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 la? It's sad, man. I don't it's want sad. anything to do with that story. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it was sad. He's a great actor too, and he he at least he left a lot of his stuff. I loved him as George's boss. Inside oh, and Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah. He's spinning around the ta- table in the chair. Look, George, three times in a row. Nope. <laughs> he was also in uh, Malcolm in the Middle. He played the uh, the military boss oh. that was missing his arm. The, yeah, was really his brother that. went to his, his brother, brother went, went to, to the school. Yeah. Uh, that episode when they had the skeleton in the basement and they had a party. Oh, I don't remember that. 
Oh, maybe I do. I used to love that show, and show I, I'm sure I'm seeing every episode. But yeah, that sure and when they had to stay in the RV that was super hot. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> it's it's hard to believe it. it was for a while there. It was hard for me to buy the fact that Brian Cranston was a serious character in Breaking Bad. Oh we, yeah, where we saw him in his underwear yeah, doing stupid shit. Yeah. he was in his episode. underwear on Malcolm in the Middle. Of All tidy whiteies almost All every the time. episode. Uh, he yeah. did so many stupid <laughs> shit in that show. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> well, brother, we're out though. There's only one left on that list, right? I think I know what it is. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay. Let's see if you know. I, I got it. All right, so this last one, and this was... Uh, and we left uh, True Grit off the list. So I, I, people are going to listen to this and be like, how the hell did you leave True Grit off the list? Because we wanted to. No, we love <laughs> True Grit, but we mentioned True Grit somewhat recently in our Westerns pod. So if you want to hear about us talk about True Grit, check out the Westerns pod, which was actually one of my favorite pods uh, that we've done. And recently. it was a great remake. It was an uh, awesome remake. Really, Phenomenal. really good. Like, yeah. Everybody. But. Uh, the only other really big movie we left off this, besides the one I'm going to talk about, is that Intolerable Cruelty, which was all right. It, was all right. it had uh, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones and mm. uh, and what's his name, Billy Bob Thornton. And it was it was interesting. But And Hail Caesar. I actually have never seen Hail Caesar. Have you seen it? Was I George did. Was yeah. it good? It, it was all right. It was, it was decent. Right? Yeah, yeah, I've never seen it. Was it was decent. It, the trailer looked all right, but I just had never got around I to wasn't it. blown away by it, yeah. but it was still decent. Well, this one, this is a movie that I loved, and it had a great cast, and it had a lot of big actors who were not playing big roles in in the movie. They were just, you could tell they were just happy to be in a Coen Brothers film, <laughs> and this was Burn After Reading. Oh, uh, yeah. Really? I mean, they got one, one of the all-time greats. Malkovich. Yeah. Yeah, man. Getting Malkovich, it was a huge part of this. And Tilda Swinton, and Tilda who was Swinton. really good. She might not have, was she as iconic as she is now? Uh know. At that time, probably. I think she had already done Michael Clayton, or it was around the exact same time as Michael Clayton. That's where she really got a huge, I think. I've always loved her. She's kind of the uh, the female equivalent of Malkovich to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, with She does really interesting roles, and she always picks good material to do. Uh, so Burn After Reading is a pretty also can fall into that category of uh, people making stupid decisions and it affecting uh, other people's lives <laughs> in a very tragic way. So, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, <laughs> one of the most interesting roles you'll ever see Brad Pitt uh, do. He played <laughs> Never this, like, again you'll see him. Very amped up gym kind of... Uh, gym rat. Gym rat. Or, <laughs> no, he was like uh, the... Uh, the trainer. Yeah, the trainer. But a gym rat. Who's like, just someone super that spends pumped all time and clapping his hands and yeah. helping people Dancing. up. He had his headphones on listening to Madonna. He always had his headphones on. <laughs> and uh, just listen to the stuff so he's he's a gym instructor Francis McDermott also is, works at the gym and so does Richard Jenkins at her boss and it's kind of the movie's kind of about how their lives intersect accidentally with the intelligence community so you've got uh, John Malkovich oh, who works for the CIA and George Clooney works for the CIA but he's not kind J. of J.K. Simmons uh, J.K. Simmons is like the head of the CIA there and uh, what happens at the very beginning of the movie Malkovich gets fired uh, in like this kind of crazy you way, get fired from CIA. Yeah, don't, you, don't well, you work there forever? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you do. And he doesn't go out like uh, happy too. He ends Who's up coming with me. He ends up throwing <laughs> a fit too. And uh, they're they're um, they're arguing that he's got some inappropriate things and in going on in his life and this and that. Where he really doesn't. And I love the line where he looks at the guy next to him. He says, "You're a Mormon. What the hell do you know about inappropriate <laughs> or drinking?" Remember, he's giving him shit about his drinking. I think that's the excuse they use just to get him the hell out of there. Right. Uh, but he is in the middle of uh, 
writing a memoir. So he has a lot of his notes and everything on this. Like, uh, <laughs> he has all his notes so. on like a compact disc. Now, before they had zip drives yeah. and the cloud, you kept your stuff on this Mommy, little disc. what's a compact disc? Yeah. <laughs> so, now, was it a hard disc or a floppy disc? Yeah. Oh, I remember the floppy one. Oh, that, was, that, was, that was even before Apple this. Apple IIe. Yeah. CD-ROMs. <laughs> so he had it on his CD-ROM, and it, it accidentally... It's not even him that loses it. It's the... Uh, the, the secretary. Silk. The secretary oh, goes to the gym and leaves drops the, the drops the disc out of her uh, like tote bag, and they find it. The uh, the Hispanic guy finds it, and he says, "I just saw it laying there on the ground." <laughs> and uh, they Brad Pitt's going through the disc. He's like, "This is some CIA secret shit, man. Mm-hmm. This is I don't know what the hell this is." Uh, well, also a little backstory: uh, Malkovich's wife is uh, Tilda Swinton. Uh, and they are like on the outs. Um, they're she's not even. They're her. having an affair. With, he, she's having an affair with George Clooney, and George Clooney is having an affair with whoever else you can find. <laughs> and eventually, has an affair with Francis McDermott, which connects all these people. Those mm-hmm. kind of relationships kind of connect all these people. But it really gets kind of twisted when Brad Pitt finds the disc and comes up with this not so brilliant idea to try to. In Black a roundabout nail. way, bribe uh, Malkovich. They didn't want to come right out and say it. They, they yeah. were coming up with the idea that, hey, we're good Samaritans. They're going to yeah. want to give us a reward yeah. for finding their secret shit. Was, he keeps yeah. calling it his secret shit, too. Yeah. But it was funny because Francis McDormand was like, she wanted to get plastic surgery. That's right. That's, That's right. why she wanted the money. It's like, I've gone as far as I can with this body. Yeah. <laughs> So there's some seriously screwed up scenes in this movie, some violent scenes that you didn't expect oh, to yeah. be violent, or some weird scenes and very similar to... My favorite scene. Your favorite scene. Why don't you tell us a little scene. bit so, about the George Clooney, uh, Francis McDermott so scene? So George Clooney, and I think they show him throughout the movie, he's in his basement with his little secret project, and, he, and you know he's in the CIA, and he's fabricating something out of metal. And you don't know what the hell he's building. Mm. You almost think it could be like a torture torture device device or something. something That's what I assumed. That's where my mind went. I was like, he's building some kind of fucking waterboarding torture device. Uh So he, for some reason, he wants to impress uh, Francis McDormand. Yeah, they start dating. They They meet each other online, and uh, so he invites her over, and he takes her downstairs. And we never seen what this thing looks like. Mm. And he had a sheet over it, and he he goes up to it. He pulls the sheet off. And it looks like an exercise bike. Uh-huh. And you're like, huh. And she's looking at it, huh? And then all of a sudden he like trips something and like moves the pedals. And what it is is a big giant dildo comes out of this where the, the seat fuck? is. It's like, so you're pedaling and uh-huh. pleasuring you. And yeah. the, the greatest part, I mean, it, it's funny as it is. But the funniest <laughs> part of the scene is they kind of pan over to Francis McDormand's face. And you're like... She like she is horrified. Yeah. All of a sudden, she's like, "That is awesome!" Because <laughs> <laughs> you got to think from George Clooney's yeah. point of view, it could have gone either yeah, way. Yeah. Gone either way. Yeah. That yeah. night could have gone. That's like her running up the stairs. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you. I guess you got to. It's like ripping a bandaid. Yeah. Off. You got to share that kind of stuff with somebody. Uh, it's like, why is he building that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I need to talk about my favorite scene. It's a little spoilery uh, too. And my favorite scene is where Brad Pitt decides to go to Malkovich's house 
uh, to just kind of investigate and see what he can find because he's already uh, confronted Malkovich with it. It didn't go well. Malkovich punches him in the face. He ends up crying and running out of the car. It was really funny. So he ends up going to Malkovich's house. He waits until everyone's gone. But what's going on is Malkovich's not even out the, at the house. He's already been kicked out. So he's, he's staying on like a boat, a boathouse. And his wife's at the house. And, and George Clooney is at the house too because he's sleeping with Tilda Swinton. Uh-huh. So he he actually watches Tilda Swinton leave. He waits until uh, George Clooney leaves, and then he sneaks in the house, and he starts looking through all his shit and everything. And shortly after he gets in there, George Clooney comes back home. And uh, this is where it gets a little spoiler, so if you want to jump forward a couple minutes, you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so Brad Pitt freaks out and hides in the closet. Yeah. And the, there's like a small slit in the closet, and he could see through, and he sees George Clooney come in, drop his shit, and get into the shower. And the Coen brothers do this really well where they, uh, they're showing Brad Pitt. They show him watching George Clooney. They pan over to the doorway and they pan back to George Clooney. And you realize that he's got – he had a good – Red team go. He had a good 20 seconds to book it. He, he missed his window. Yeah. He, he totally missed his window oh. because by the time he goes back, the water stops in the, uh, on the shower. So you know oh. George Clooney is coming outside. And then there's this great moment where Brad Pitt just pans to the right. And inside the closet you see – an empty holster oh shit and then he kind of freaks out a little bit because george clooney walks towards the door and it was a very interesting encounter where george clooney opens the door screams and brad pitt does this awkward smile mm-hmm. and george clooney immediately don't even realize he's got the gun in his hand raises the gun and shoots brad pitt like right between the eyes and blows oh, the back fuck. of his head off like very violent like, whoa boom oh, wow. <laughs> all over and he falls to the ground dead and you're like wow this this really kind of a- this really quirky comedy just took a really dark fucking wow. level and then it went even next level where malkovich loses it and takes like a tomahawk and starts like butchering uh Richard Jenkins when he catches him in the house yeah. uh, investing, trying in to find street. out some stuff. Yeah, Richard Jenkins, he, he shoots Richard Jenkins in the arm and he runs out in the street and that's when mm. Malkovich <laughs> just butchers him. Jesus. And then it jumps into my favorite scene with Richard Jenkins. Oh, no, with yeah, uh, J.K. J. Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> do you remember the stuff with, uh, with yeah, J.K.? Yeah, they were playing off like they were playing off like so the underboss of the CIA was coming in and keeping uh, J.K. Simmons abreast mm-hmm. so he's like so he killed him on the street he's like well, what do you want us to do he's like yeah you want us to turn him over to the fbi you only turn over no 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 you're like this is probably how that shit and oh, they were yeah. wondering really where goes. george clooney went and there was a great scene where he was like well he he went to venezuela and, and the underboss is yeah. like i'm not sure why he went to venezuela and jk simmons is like really you don't know why he went to venezuela we don't have extradition orders for venezuela and he's like oh I didn't realize that. Should we get him back? No, no, no. Let him do his thing. <laughs> but then Frances McDormand was like, she was trying to extort them mm. to get her, the rest of her plastic surgery done. Maybe she even tries to bring it the disc yeah. to the Russians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the, it just baffles J.K. Simmons. They're like, the Russians? Yeah. Really? Why do you bring it to the Russians? They're, they're like behind the eight ball for the whole movie. Yeah. yeah it's funny. <laughs> and she's like, well, what do we do with her? And she's, he's like, well, she wants several procedures. Ooh. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Give it to her. Give it to her. <laughs> Let me know when the body's burned. Or when yeah. burned. It was really fun scene because it, it was it, just matter of fact. Yeah. Like you were like, oh, is this how the CIA? That, that's what I. Yeah, that's I'll what tell I you one thing. If I was bribing the CIA, the last thing I would let them do is voluntarily put me to sleep. Yeah. You know, one, you're yeah. never going to wake up. Oh, man. Uh, it was fun, man. It was a fun movie. It was very different. 
from some of their other. But movies. it is like what you expect when you see a Coen Brothers true. movie. You, you you want this kind of weird off the wall stuff. And uh, I have I have not yet seen the newest one that's on Netflix. You said you saw it, right? I saw it. It's it a bunch of the, vignettes. The Ballad of Bust, Buster, Buster Scruggs. Scruggs. Yeah. In the Tim Blake Nelson one is yeah. the first one, and to, in my opinion, that's the. Was the there like best five one. of them or something? Five or six. Five or six. Yeah. And uh, some of them were hit and miss. Are there any other actors like Coen Brothers actors that you remember from? Uh, oh man, I don't remember. Maybe I, I know that. Uh, who's Liam Nielsen's in one of them, and he was really good. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I'll have to check that out. It's on Netflix. It's worth so seeing. It's, it's, it's definitely worth seeing, I'm sure, because all this stuff's great. And <clears throat> they still have another, shit, 20, 30, 40 years worth of films still in their, uh, uh, under their belt. And I'm sure we're going to see shitloads for years to come. Oh, yeah. And they've already established the type of material they put out. So I'm sure whatever they come up with is going to be great. So I look Hell forward yeah. to it. I, they, sure. they're, one of the, he's one, they're one of the directors that... For the most part, I don't need to know anything yeah. about the movie. Yeah. You just yeah. say, oh, it's a new Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. All right, let's go. You know it's not going to be bad. It might bad. not be the best. Right, but it's it not going to be, be bad. Best, but it's not yeah. going to be bad. No, it won't be bad, for sure. Uh, definitely worthy for uh, our director series here. So we've definitely got several directors that we're going to uh, talk about over the, probably in the, all of 2019. We'll probably talk about another five or uh, six different directors over the next couple months. And some of the ones I know we're excited to talk about. We got some Oliver Stone. We got uh, Scorsese. We can even do some Lynch. We can. Uh, it's a lot of directors out there that all put out some high quality shit. De Palma, man, there's a lot we haven't talked about yet. So. We'll definitely get to that. Not sure what's coming up next week. I think uh, it'll be exciting, whatever yeah. it is. Uh, we're kicking around a couple it. different. Uh, I I have the next like thirty. I got thirty different episodes already. Big <laughs> it's, it's just narrowing down which one we want to do, and which one kind of strikes our fancy. So I think we're kicking around a couple right now that's going to be really exciting. Uh, so if you listen to us on SoundCloud or iTunes, if you can give us a like or a comment, we'd appreciate it. We can also get a hold of us on Facebook. That's where we. Uh, list our upcoming episodes every week and what's going on. Uh, <clears throat> just put up a uh, cool picture uh, tease of our next episode uh, coming up, which uh, me and Justin do. Uh, since that picture's already up, I, and this will be <laughs> live, we can talk about that. So the next episode is actually going to be our second martial arts pod. And uh, Ninja Dave. Ninja Dave's going to take part in it. Yep. I'm very stealthy. He's very yeah, stealthy. Absolutely. I'm very sneaky. <laughs> I'm <so>. very sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And you can also get a hold of us on Twitter at Dupree Podcast. And our email is fascinatedwithfilms at gmail.com. So that's right. where you can get a hold of us. So until next Saturday, see ya. Hey, we did it. Bye. Hey, careful, man. There's a beverage here, huh?